Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey everybody, it's Danny Rocket and welcome to the Cubs offseason. Uh, just a quick message that I'd love it if you'd all join our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash sunranto, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. Uh, for as little as $1 a month, which really uh, with inflation is barely anything, um, y- you can join and become a uh, Patreon patron or a super ranter, and, and you can join a, a magical Facebook page that's only for Patreon people. Uh, you get the show uh, in podcast form early and completely ad-free, and uh, there's ads in this version here. And, um, you know, basically you're helping out to uh, make the show happen. Uh, we have expenses, uh, you help pay for them. And it's just kind of a vote of confidence for us to know that uh, we mean something to you. So uh, give us a dollar because we need it. Give us $5 if you like the music. Give us $10 if uh, you want to become a uh, super ranter that helps uh, be a producer on the show. Uh, we have perks at every level. Just check it out. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Uh, we're always trying to improve here. We're going to make those perks better as time goes on. Uh, but, you know, now's the time. It's the off season. You're thinking about it. You got a dollar in your pocket. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Do it. Do it. Here's the show. Kobe blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old self beers out at the game. Let's go, Kobe Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable loser. Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable losers. Sunranto. Empty those lungs, Mr. Michael Cotton. Welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. I am Danny Rocket. That was Michael Cotton you just heard. Crawley is, uh, nobody puts Crawley in the corner except for Crawley, who is now sitting I, in a corner. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a hostage video. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> sound like, like it, too. Like, you're like, they're I, treating me well. I, I really mean- want the Astros to win the World Series. I'll be very happy for <laughs> Dusty Baker. <laughs> yeah, I saw a little bit of your uh, your crawly, dusty love on the on the interwebs. Uh, yeah, not a big fan. I I take it. You, a lot of Cup fans are going for Dusty Baker right now. They're like, oh, I'd love to see him get a ring. Da da da. You're just like, fuck Dusty and his stupid decisions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a lot more than stupid decisions. Look, you know, there are a lot of things I wish would have happened differently in 2003. That's not my main hangup. My main hangup with him is just. It's never his fault. It's everybody else's fault. And that us versus the world mentality, 
just gets old quick. I'm more pissed about what happened in 2004 than I am in 2003. Yeah, because they faded down the stretch. If uh, they people- faded, you know, it was just this whole thing. It's just it was like you media or this and that. He's blasting the media the whole time. He got Chip Carey and Steve Stone fired. He's just a fucking asshole. He, he's just there. He's a he's a whiny little bitch about everything. And and, and, and like and the the national media all kisses his ass because he's a really good interview. Whatever, great. You know, you know, it, he's lived an interesting life. Good for him. But I'm. I'm not a big fan. Like I said, I saw a lot of like excuses, a lot of whining. He's just a very thin skinned man, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, this show is brought to you by all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you to all of you guys. Uh, Patreon.com slash forward slash Sunranto is how you become a member. There's uh, perks at every level. So please join on. Uh, it's, it's kind of a great deal. And we've been working on a lot of uh, kind of new patreon tier perks talking about what we're going to give you next year we're trying to make it better uh give you guys more for your money so uh please join us patreon.com slash sunranto and also i just wanted to say because i never say this um we we got a new twitter account sunranto show on twitter so find that s-o-n-r-a-n-t-o show dot uh com or not not dot com dot twitter or whatever go on twitter and look for sunranto show we also have a new sunranto youtube and the sunranto page on facebook that is where as after the calendar turns to 2022 that is where we will be streaming exclusively this show live for all of our fans yeah you also forgot we have a sunranto show reddit subreddit oh, yeah. sunranto shows subreddit which and, uh, I would love if you people would go over there because I I can't do the Facebook. I just can't. So if like, you want to talk to Michael, go on Reddit, Sunrito <laughs> Show Reddit, because he ain't doing Facebook. Well, and everybody should just fucking not be on Facebook. I mean, I think everybody's finding out now how bad it really is. It's even worse than anybody thought. Just yeah. move over, get somewhere else. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, maybe we will little by little and we will and Michael Cotton will be the Pied Piper of I will be over there. So I got exciting news. Uh, You know, I was sitting around the other day. I have got a list of things I'm trying to knock out. And one of them was uh, I did not make a, a shank list shirt. For the last two years, there was no 2020 shankless shirt. There was no 2021 shankless shirt, but I love wearing my shankless shirt all the time. So I made a new shankless shirt for 2022. There it is. You got the sharpened toothbrushes. It comes in multiple colors. This is one of them. Uh, this is the navy blue one, Sunranto shank- shankless shirt in bloody red lettering with two sharpened toothbrushes ready to shank other baseball teams. And it's got the 2022 season. All listed on the back with uh, Spagog at the end, and uh, it's available on Amazon. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop the link in the chat right now. You can buy. It's a really long link. I'm sorry about that. I don't know why they did that to me, but uh, it's it's coming. I got a question: Is if there is a lockout and there are no games, or it's it's an abbreviated schedule? Does that make it like a collector's item? That's what I'm thinking. You know, I that's I re- I regretted not doing one for 2020 just so that that shirt would exist and that the whole schedule on the back would exist. But obviously, that is not the season. And then I could have sold those shirts to everybody as a collector's item. Then I could have made an actual 2020 shirt and made that like 2020 revised, but it didn't happen. But anyway, by that and directly after the show, we'll be going live on the Spotify Green Room app at eight o'clock. We're gonna have a conversation with all you guys. So check us out. Go to you got to download the app Spotify. It's, it's Spotify.com forward slash US forward slash green room. 
and you download that app. You follow Sun Ranto Show on the Green Room app, and then when you you will be notified when we go live. And uh, you can join in a conversation. It's kind of like the new Twitter spaces, which uh, we've been going on a little bit. And uh, also the, um, the oh, what's the other one? Clubhouse. It's kind of like Clubhouse. So if you've never done it before, it's a way that we can all talk together and have a, a nice time. Uh, on this show, though, uh, we're going to talk about the new Cubs ass gym. Oh, no, at, oh, no, assistant GM. That's what it. That's what I meant to say. And then, oh, I um, thought that was ass game. I thought it was just game. a yeah ass game. You get the new ass game going on. We're good. Then, We're good with the ass game. Uh, Rob Manfred had a few comments uh, about the you know the <laughs> maybe possible work stoppage, the Atlanta Braves um, team name, uh, pitch clock stuff. We're going to talk about that. And also, that dude should just not ever speak. Yeah. Well, he's got to. It's his job to speak to us. And then uh, we got a special treat, Greg Huss. From the Growing Cubs podcast is going to come on and talk to us about all the prospects that are uh, currently in the Arizona Fall League, which is going on right now. And of course, uh, the World Series is going on right now. So, uh, have you guys you guys watched last night? Jorge Soler's. I, yeah, I saw the home run. I didn't stick around for very long. I tried to sell a bobblehead, a Jorge Soler bobblehead, but nobody bit. Oh, you were like, here's here's my chance. I can finally get rid of this bobblehead because Jorge Soler did the something that nobody had ever did done in MLB history. But I thought it was funny all the Cub fans that uh, jumped on all the national rags who all said first time in MLB history a leadoff home run and people like started posting pictures of Dexter Fowler. Of course, that happened in Game Seven. This happened in Game One, so this was the first batter of the World Series. So there's a qualifying thing that they left out. A lot of the right, it's it, you know, it's, look, I've done it too. Is when you're on Twitter and you want to be the first one to get something out, and you're send, and you're like, oh fuck. And it was just, like, it's, it's there. it was badly worded. Yeah, it was yeah. stupid. Yeah, I fucked up today when I said that. Um, uh, this land is your land was written by Pete Seeger. <laughs> and somebody's like, uh, I think that's Woody Guthrie, bro. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I always get those guys well, mixed at, up. At least you didn't say Bob Seeger. <laughs> no, I, I said that later. I was like, forget <laughs> it. Let's just sing old time rock and roll yeah. uh, by Bob Seeger. So, uh, but let's talk about the new GM um, or ask Jim, uh, assistant general manager. And um, his name is uh, Jim Essen. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's uh, a. <laughs> yeah, damn it. Dude, you almost gave me a heart attack, dude. It's <laughs> not in the goddamn script. No, I know. It's, it's, it's his name is Essen, though. His first name is Essen, but it's spelled different E H S A N. Essen Bokhari is the guy's name. Here's a picture of him that I screenshotted. Um, and um, it, it, he seems like an interesting guy. I watched the whole thing. Uh, Brett at Bleacher Nation had a, a, he had posted a video of, uh, of Essen Bokari on a, a kind of a round table that they had about different stats guys and, um, and front office types, uh, basically, uh, for lack of a better term, nerds who work in the front office, uh, you know, kind of quants and people that, um, I guess make graphs and projections and things like that. And it was a pretty interesting, uh, interview with him and a couple other, uh, people from other, uh, teams. And um, I don't know. This is I. He's from the Astros, and the, he worked for the Astros, Dodgers, two very successful organizations. Um, I thought it was interesting that um, I mean he's a big time. He was went to U of I, so he, there was an Illinois connection here. Um, he was the director of R and D 
for the Dodgers and Astros. And then check out this title that he got. His last title for the Astros was the Senior Director of Strategic Decision Making. I, I like, love those types of things. <laughs> strategic. Uh, oh, man. Senior director. Can you imagine being the assistant director of strategic decision making? I mean, what do you tell people at dinner parties? So what do you do? <laughs> you know, you have you have two business cards just to fit your title on it. Yeah, you do. And uh, so I don't know. It This guy seems like he has dealt with modeling data and then attempting to make that data decipherable to actual baseball coaches and then the players afterwards stuff like maybe that guy with his spin rate should throw high fastballs instead of low fastball because the data says this that is what his job is to figure out how to not only model the data which is to come up with the hire the programmers who think of the algorithms to make the data but then you got to make a heat map and show it coach and dumb it down for the actual athletes to let them know what's going on. And um, so it's interesting. This is the first basic hire from Carter Hawkins who get to pick his own, his own ass. What you're, yeah. starting, what you're starting to see is that these guys all came in the three musketeers, right? You had Theo and then you had Jed and you had Jason McLeod, right? And we find out this week that Jason McLeod is leaving the organization. Uh, you know, his job is pretty much being taken over by other people. So Jed's really kind of shaking things up. We, we wanted this for a while. Different set of eyes is what we asked for. So you got people that have been in a bunch of different organizations, whether it's Dan Kantrovitz with the A's, whether it's Carter with the uh, Carter Hawkins with the Indians, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the new hire with uh, L.A. and Houston. You have a fresh set of eyes that have been around a co- very successful organizations um, especially in the role of player development, which is where the Cubs had been hurting lately. So this is Jed's team. This is Jed's stamp now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um. The Sun Ranto Show is sponsored by a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com symbol.com to create a free account and when you deposit make sure to use the promo code sd to make your deposit risk free visit simbull.com and use the promo code sd and your deposit will be risk free did you hear that i said it twice That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams today. The Sun Ranto Show is also brought to you by the Spotify Greenroom app. Um, On this show today, the second half of the show, you will be hearing a Spotify Greenroom conversation. It's an interactive conversation that we have with you on the Spotify Greenroom app 
directly after the Sunranto show, all off-season long. Uh, it's cool. Uh, you go on there, you follow Sunranto show, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O-S-H-O-W. Uh, you, well, you got to download it first. Download Green Room. It's on the uh, App Store and it's on the, uh, the, uh, the Google Play Store. You can just download it. And then you uh, follow Sunranto Show. You can be notified when we go live in there and we have a conversation that you can join. Uh, I host the show and you can come in and have a conversation. Tonight, we're going to talk all about uh, team fandom, gatekeeping, uh, what's acceptable at Wrigley Field, uh, heckling. It's a great conversation and some of you guys joined it. Uh, So download the Spotify Green Room app. Look for it on your app store and come join us every single Thursday after uh, the the Sunranto show where we have a post-show discussion about whatever the hell we want to talk about or or you want to talk about. It's totally interactive. So join us there and um, hey, keep being ranters. And we want to thank both the Spotify Green Room app and Symbol for sponsoring the Sun Ranto Show and Sports Drink. Let's hear it for Sports Drink, who put this all together. Clap, 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 clap. All right, back to the show. Bill Sugis in the uh, chat says, so he models how to ruin the game. Yeah. Um, or you cheat. know what, Bill? I'm I'm with you on that. The whole the whole math bullshit that we have to deal with now, where they're trying to make everybody the exact same as everybody else and all that shit. Is annoying, but I did. Uh, I did read a quote from uh, Essen Bokari about this, and I wish I could find it and, and and tell you word for word. But the gist of it was: there are numbers, there are there is modeling, but there's also uncertainty. And he says what a lot of teams get stuck on is that they take these these models and these numbers and the data sets as the gospel and nothing can change that but uh there there's obviously there's uncertainty it's baseball it's different right there things will and can and will happen that I don't do, match the numbers i do have numbers. his quote it, i mean he might and have so been- that, that made me feel a bit better about this hire I do have his quote, kind of, that he puts numbers on the uncertainty of outcomes. So that is something that he said in this other thing that Brett Taylor posted. And I'm what I find interesting about it is is that because of adjustments, like somebody says, okay, now let's pitch this guy. He can't hit a high fastball. Well, guess what? That guy's going to go home and he's going to work on how to hit a high fastball. So if your num so your numbers will change. So you ha- constantly ha- have to be reassessing your numbers to basically zig when everybody else is zagging. So if you can stay a step ahead of those and then you can be communicative, which he talked a lot in this interview, everybody should go watch it, go find the bleacher nation article about, and then at the end of it, the article he linked. In fact, I think I have it in the notes here, this YouTube article and I'll, I'll put it in the chat, but um, you know, if what was impressive about what he said was that you know he he said it's all about communicating what these numbers mean and that the numbers aren't the you know the the be all end all of how to do everything I think is what you know Michael saying so I'm I'm interested he seemed like a very thoughtful guy he's young uh, he comes from two successful organizations and for those that you know hear the Astros and be like oh he's a cheater 
Uh, he got there after that stuff happened. I believe he didn't start with them till 2019. So that cat was already out of the bag. Yeah. So that that I'm going to hit this TFC right now because I saw this on the tweet about his hiring. Uh, as long as this guy isn't our hitting coach. And it's a picture of Oscar the Grouch in a garbage can. Uh, so, yeah, of course, everybody piled on with that stuff. But apparently he showed up. He, I think he was with the Dodgers and then went to the Astros. Is that yeah, correct? Dodgers, then yeah. the Astros, and, and he's been around for a while. So got- he his team actually got fucked by that whole garbage can yeah they did and uh he also has a background in psychology which just makes him a more interesting person i really like listening to him talk i I thought the whole interview there was a lot of people on there that i'd never heard of from different organizations that work in the front office in varying roles and i found it interesting so anyway i just put the youtube up right now so check that out it's cool but uh crawley you had something i saw you put in the notes about uh some of these ticket prices uh that was you right put it in the brand uh no. That oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's from that last from, time. Yeah. Maybe that was from last time. That's why I, I was uh, going to say. I was like, I thought we we talked a lot. I thought about we did too. Prices. But you know, I, we talk about so many things I forget about. But let's so let's move on and talk a little bit about this uh, Rob Manfred uh, situation. Crawley, I saw you were trying to start a Twitter space the other day. What you wanted to talk about was the possible work stoppage in you know that there would be on December first when the CBA uh, the collective bargaining agreement expires. At that point, there could officially the the season might hang everything, in the balance. Everything, everything will come to a grinds to a halt. Nothing can happen at that point when there's no collective bargaining agreement. So no signing free agents, no talking. Uh, this is now what? This is the second year in a row no winter meetings. So they've canceled the winter meetings in Orlando, um, which had, you know. So that's uh, that's there, and so. Someone like me, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm getting ready, and I, I, I do not like the winter at all. Why I live in the city, it's basically because of the Cubs. Um, but uh, I don't like the winter at all. But I'm thinking about spring training. I'm like, oh man. So we've already gotten our Airbnb all set up, and uh, now it's like, okay, now I'm going to get my plane ticket. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're canceling the winter meetings. I'm like, well, shit. I don't now it becomes, you know, I know I can go to Arizona and just vacation, but like the reason I go is oh. is spring training and Cubs baseball. So. I I don't know what I am still going to do because if there is no Cubs baseball, I'll pro- I'm, I'll probably scratch that trip to be honest. Yeah. Oh yeah, just I mean, there's only one reason to go to Arizona, and that's for <laughs> spring training, uh, or or to go to the Grand Canyon. But if you're if you're lucky, you go to the Grand Canyon from Colorado, so you don't actually ever hit all the fucking crowded places. Well, the the technicalities of it, uh, what I read in this uh, Associated Press report is that, first of all, negotiations have been ongoing between Tony Clark and Rob Manfred and all the owners. Uh, They've been going since last spring, um, and it expires at midnight on December 1st, the the contract right now. Um, Basically... it, when, when, when it turns when it turns midnight on December first, that's when you have no collecting bar, bargaining. That, that's when you have no collective. But uh, an, that in in eighty nine ninety when they're the last lockout, uh, w- there was a um, the owners announced on January not the ninth that a lockout would begin February fifteenth. A deal was then reached on March first, and opening day was delayed by a week. Uh, some games were postponed, but what? A, Everybody's positioning themselves right now, and I saw that MLBPA, the MLB Players Association, 
they went out, they went public, and this is uh, everything that you read is going to be a news release uh, but from that organization to position themselves. But they've built up their coffers so they can continue to pay players from the union uh, throughout the year. Uh, I mean, they've got hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars from already playing, but you think of the young guys that maybe haven't built that up that are just about to build through. They will be supported by the union. And um, I didn't, I don't know. To me, there was such a contentious negotiation to get that 60 game season done that it seemed like a prelude to what we're going to see right now. But baseball's in trouble. So the last time the collective bargaining agreement came up, the players didn't even have like a lawyer. They absolutely got pantsed. Okay. So they absolutely took it bad in that last negotiation. The owners walked away chuckling how much they got away with. So now you're at a point where, where the players are like, man, we got fucked last time. We get it. We have to renegotiate all this stuff. And the owners aren't going to give anything up without getting something back. So, so the owners are sitting in the cat seat right now. They are in the position where they can do what they want. And so like, you know, expanded postseason or DH or stuff like that. Uh, you know, th- that's all stuff that like the owner that the players want and the owners know it. So they're just going to kind of sit there. They have the owners don't have to give up anything. And that's the trouble is that the union has to try to reposition themselves in a stronger, uh, stronger place, but they, it's going to be really difficult. The owners aren't going to give anything back. Uh, the players want expanded playoffs. Absolutely. Why? More money. Yeah. Well, because yeah, they'll get money. Be, the owners will get more money. You got the the, no. The owners going. make all the money on that shit. The players do get paid extra. Yeah, they but get it's fucking. Soon. But it's like fucking nothing compared to what their regular game checks. And so shit if you're if you're a player, you, it, again, that gives you more opportunity to get in the postseason. So then that's something that you throw into your contract negotiations. You get more national exposure, all that stuff. It's. Uh, players would, would be fine with it. I don't they, know. They, would, so but. so what you're saying is that both the players and the owners – I see, I didn't know this about the players. I wanted to expand the playoffs. But basically you're saying that both the players and the owners want to ruin baseball. Yes. Yeah, like everybody course. wants to fucking ruin baseball. Everybody wants this game to be the worst fucking version of the game that we can get. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think in the end, they are in it for the money. When they, you know, the, the baseball is... But they don't understand. They won't get the money if the game sucks. They believe that the most exciting thing, and again, we're all like-minded on this, on what our, we th- our thoughts are on this, but their thought is, look at the amount of money that you make for the postseason. That's where the big dollars come in. And, and that's, again, everybody's kind of thinking that way. Nobody's thinking about, well, this is going to ruin the game or we, we have more of a romantic notion of what we like at the game of the game and what makes the game special. We've talked about it before. These players, the the owners, it comes down to money. Yeah, I, I get it, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I see all of those sort of things as yes. Rob Manfred definitely hates baseball. Um, no, I see all those things. I mean, that's the sort of thing they are going to make this game as bland and as stupid as possible. And as soon as they get these expanded playoffs to what we've heard they might do, it'll ruin baseball because you're you're going to have 
uh, a fucking situation like the NHL and the NBA that nobody gives a shit about yeah, well, the regular also, season. Like, the thing that I, th- I find problematic about specific, I don't want to get into the whole expanded playoff specifically thing, <clears throat> but if you have a, you know, look at a team like the Braves. The Braves are in the World Series right now. They had the exact same record pretty much. I think they were a game ahead of where the Cubs were on Blue Friday when they sold everybody off, okay? They same made with St. A- Louis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They and then St. Louis rattled off seventeen. You had uh, the and the NL East was just kind of a shit show this year. Braves ended up taking it. They got hot at the right time. They're in the World Series. But that, there's been very few times throughout baseball's history where even a team would even have the chance and the opportunity to get there. Um, the Braves got lucky to be in that kind of competitive division that played themselves to even. Um, you know. At this point, you're going to have 500 teams in the playoffs every single year. And the idea that like an 83-win Cardinal team like happened in 2006 is going to skate through to the World Series just because they got hot at the right time is a much uh, more likely possibility. And and this is why I was surprised when Carly said the MLBPA wanted these expanded playoffs because, honestly, that hurts the bottom line for the players because at that point, you don't need to go for it. You never need to go for it, ever. All you have to do is fucking hit, like, 80 wins, and you'll be fine. We'll end up getting these, you know, 80, 81 win teams going to the playoffs every single year. So why are you going to fucking spend a bunch of money on the superstar players? It's going to drive the fucking prices way down for their players. So that's why I guess I always assumed the MLBPA would not be for that. But but I haven't fucking paid too much attention to what the MLBPA is is talking about but well they told it pretty close to the vest um, and, and the other thing too is that they're they're, they're not they're going to try to they know the owners want it more so that's going to be one of their bargaining chips they're not going to say yeah. we want it too but yeah but I mean that same, sounds exactly like what the owners want right but but that's what the players want and same with the DH you know what I mean and so the owners want the DH the players are, are, are going to say, we, you know, we will give you the DH. And the owners will be like, well, we already know you want it too. It's just, it's a bad, they're in a bad situation as far as negotiations. Well, By the also- way, uh, I finished the rabbit hole this week, finished season one, it took four months to put the last uh, inning together, but I did it. And it's all about the DH and how it's not anything like what you think it might be. And yeah. it's a fucking mess and we shouldn't have it in the National League. It's all I'm with you. I had to get a plug it in is there. the the National League is really the only baseball league in the world that has the pitchers hit. And honestly, that that's cool. makes it yeah. interesting. That's that's a fucking interesting thing. Like taking that away and making it so that uh you know, and I always compare this to the NFL and the NBA. NHL, like who gives a shit? if they're playing the East versus the West or the AFC versus the NFC in football, like nobody cares because all the rules are exactly the same and there's no interest there. It's just another game. And that's what they'll do to baseball. And then pretty soon, you know, they'll end up getting in and, you know, like Danny, you've talked about seeding. Yeah. They add seeding into this and pretty soon there's just going to be no fucking leaks. Yeah. There's just going to be it's going to be one well, league and it might and be. it's going to be 15 teams in each 
division or six or or more they they could make more teams they're talking about expanding the league and that you know maybe that's one of the things that they give on but one thing i do know for sure is that the owners mlbpa they say they're in a good position they got their coffers built up they're ready for a strike everybody's going to keep getting paid for a while but i guarantee you the billionaires are in a much better financial situation and they can wait a lot longer so they've always been in the cat bird <laughs> well seat. i don't know i don't know Biblical losses, Danny. Biblical. That frightens me. So the well, other the, thing <laughs> that Rob Manfred talked about was, uh, and it's actually been successful, is the pitch clock. Uh, that the pitch clock in one, I forget what league they're doing it in, but it shaved 20 minutes off a game. And um, I, I liked this. Uh, I saw this. Mary Ellen Reinhold put this up on the Sun Ranto Ranchers page on Facebook. It says, breaking, MLB releases photos of what the pitch clock will look like. And then there's Samuel L. Jackson saying, tick-tock, motherfucker. <laughs> well, you know, I got I to gotta ask, you know, didn't they put that in a pitch clock a, a while ago? Is it a question of are they going to enforce it? It's, you know, between pitches is one thing, but and then uh, between batters is the other thing. So you do see the pitch clock happen. You got like – 30 seconds for the batter to get in the box and all that happened. But 15 seconds for when there's nobody on base and 17 seconds for when there's somebody on base, or you got to throw the pitch. Otherwise I think it's a ball. You're automatically. Yeah, it would have to ball. be a ball, right? So and you know what? I, I am all for the pitch clock. I, you know, I, I have, I have sat there and you go to as many games as I do. And eventually it's kind of like throw the fucking ball. Like that's why you go to Kyle Hendricks start. You're like, this is awesome. Like as much yeah. as I loved you, Darvish, it was like, holy shit, dude! Seriously, like I gotta get home at some time. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's killed. Your John Lester's another red ass. Like, oh, I don't want the pitch clock. Fuck you! Sit there, get the ball, throw the ball. I do. Yeah, I just want to see the guy, the first guy that just stands there for uh, like the full forty five seconds or whatever, and just lets like as an intentional walk. I'm just going to be a dick and just stand here. You could do it in a minute (laughs) with nobody on. (laughs) Take a minute eight. I mean, I I get the whole pitch clock. And if it can shave 20 minutes, that's great. Fucking make these pitchers do a little more. Um, You know, but also let's, uh, you know, let's put a pitch clock on the fucking uh, replays, right? Like one minute. If you can't figure that shit out in a minute. There's same, no same, no reason same, to be looking at it. Same thing with the batters. Get them in the batter's box. I yeah, remember I agree. no more Garcia Parra used to jump out. And do, 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 do. Oh, Jesus, dude, just well, get well, in the box. See, well, and also you see how it's going on in the playoffs. Like, oh, my God, some of these games. Like, I, I, I think the first three innings of yesterday's World Series game – and there were a couple injuries that starting pitchers both had to come out. One guy pitched on a broken leg. Fucking Charlie broke his Martin leg while leg pitching. And, and Holy shit. 12, 13 pitches or something. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so I might can understand that taking a little longer. But, uh, you know, three innings took like two hours. And it's just like you're talking about getting on national TV. These games are starting at 8 o'clock Atlanta time on a Monday in the brilliance of MLB. Hey, let's start on a Monday. The World Series. Everybody will watch. Stay up real late. Um, yeah. Uh, or Tuesday, whatever the hell day it, is, it was yesterday. But um, you know what I mean. It's like uh, I think I think we're all in favor of the game. Like, and it's not about the time; it's about the pace of things. You just look in, you step off, and you look over, and you adjust the gloves, and you spit, and you grab your dick, and you know all these things keep happening. It's just annoying. Um, the last thing I want to talk about in terms of 
uh, Rob Manfred, what he came out with is probably uh, something that I think we maybe we should bring over to the green room conversation for the most part <laughs> after this. Uh, but uh, and you know it doesn't if it doesn't affect Cup fans that much, but it has to do with uh, the to- the tomahawk chop and the Atlanta Braves. And Manfred came out and he said this. Um, he said it's important to understand we have thirty markets around the country. Um, they're not all the same. The Braves have done a phenomenal job with the Native American community. He said uh, the Native American community in the Atlanta region is wholly supportive of the Braves program, including the chop. For me, that's the end of the story. Um, (laughs) And uh, however, opinions do uh, actually differ. uh, Rob Manfred is not being actually very forthcoming with what he's saying here. Uh, He said each market is different. Way before this became an issue, which, by the way, it's always been an issue, Rob, um, Atlanta cultivated a relationship with the Native American community, which was very helpful in terms of making decisions like the two that have been raised. Um, And then here's what I'm going to call BS about it, because Craig Calcaterra put in his newsletter. He said the Eastern Band principal of Chief, Chief Richard Sneed told the AJC, which I don't know what that stands for. That Atlantic it, Atlanta Journal Central uh, Central. OK, said that uh, if the Braves consult with him, he'll say that he has no problem with the team name, which honors the warrior spirit, the team name. But it's time to hang up the tomahawk chop. Uh, Richard Sneed, Chief Richard Sneed, said that's just so stereotypical, like old school Hollywood Chief Chief Sneed said, come on, guys, it's 2020. This was last year. Let's move on, find something else. This is last year. So the guy that they've bellied up with and partnered with actually says get rid of the chop rob manfred goes on there and goes everybody thought that's fine with that that's fine so you know here's he, the thing. He, he knows he doesn't want to answer questions he doesn't want to answer yeah. questions about it that's as simple as it goes he doesn't yeah. give a shit well and then the you know and then there's all the other native americans from across uh the country who are like Psh, nobody talked to us you know like that's fine. That that one dude thinks it's fine, but my understanding is there's one group that's fine with it, but it just so happens they're in partnership with like Braves ownership with a casino or something. Like <laughs> it just that. so happens they make a lot of money. Well, a lot of money off it. Exactly. It's just all a bunch of horse shit. And Rob Manfred is just he literally like boy, it's like careful what you wish for, because I was like, Oh, Bud C like really sucks. And then all of a sudden like Rob Manfred comes, it's like, Oh my god, he sucks even worse. He was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who who knew that Bud Selig was the fucking the the voice of reason up yeah. there at that time? It it almost makes me want to go to the Bud Selig Experience in Milwaukee. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost makes me want to pay to get one it. of these yeah. days. I'm gonna pay, dude. I am gonna pay one of these days. We, I will we'll do go it together and just like <laughs> let's get really drunk and like poop in the corner or something. Like, just like <laughs> let's just make it ugly. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm against the chop. I think most people are against the chop. You know, the other thing that I thought about and I, is that, you know, you're doing this warrior fake warrior whoop and you're going, oh, you're singing like, a, you know, a bullshit version of like a fake war chant. Uh, and you're you're acting like you're a Native American, even though you're a white guy from wherever and you're doing the chop or a black. It doesn't matter what color you are. It's, you're just doing a fake thing that's not real. And you're may, pretending you're you might as well be going, woo, 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 you know what I mean? And playing running around with playing. Oh, I mean, that's exactly what they are doing. I it's mean. the same fucking thing. And, and, you know, anybody. And first of all, the Braves knew this was racist. That's why they got rid of the other mascot. That's why the Indians stopped what they're doing. Everybody knows it's problematic, and they do it anyway, and they don't care. And what which, Rob mas- Man- which Braves mascot are you talking about? The one, well, they had Chief Nakahoma. Chief Nakahoma, yeah. That guy went down, and then there was the dude on the hat, the laughing Indian. 
Yes. And that yeah, is, yeah. he's like, ha ha, he's got feathers and an earring. Oh, look at this guy. You just shouldn't have real other humans as your mascot in general. But here's the thing that dawned on me. I'm like, you're doing this war chant, and the people you're pretending to be lost the wars. Right. And I know that's not a reason to not do it, but that's just so freaking on, on freaking point with these kind of people. Like, they're not thinking things through. You're doing the losing sides war chant. You know what I mean? That's all I want to say. I know that's the worst reason to not. <laughs> yeah, do there's, there, there's, yeah, I'm there's, there's everything. eight things I want to yell at you about for saying that. But yeah, I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm just. I'm trying everything I can to convince these people to not do it. I'm like, Whoa. you guys, you're doing the losers chant. Stop doing it. Maybe that'll finally get through to them. Probably well, not. You're stupid. You oh, no. Hey, if we know anything. Uh, losers anymore really dive into being losers. Yeah, they, they truly do. <laughs> well, just the opposite of losers are what the Cubs are doing in the Arizona Fall League. Oh, yeah. Uh, We've got some studs down there. Yeah. We, and we have uh, a very special guest to come on to talk to us all about it. Greg Huss, come on from the Growing Cubs podcast. Crawley, that was a hell of a transition. I, I dude, did I, 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 I'm like, I, I love transitions, dude. I think they're fun. I, that was spot on. I love it. He's a pro because he's got to work with us who can go on about any subject for hours. Um, I want to drop your link in the chat. Please subscribe on uh, – well, I'm dropping the Apple Podcasts uh, app uh, of the Growing that. Cubs podcast. But check it out. Uh, you know, you guys are in – the, the real sweet spot of Cubs fandom right now because, you know, we talk about the Chicago Cubs and you talk about all the talented Cubs who happen to be in the minor leagues. So if, if you want to have a positive experience with your Cubs podcast, listen to Growing Cubs. And if you like yelling at things and uh, throwing shoes at the wall, listen to us. Um, but, Greg, uh, I wanted you to come on and talk about the Arizona Fall League. You just dropped a podcast kind of previewing the Arizona Fall League. The Cubs got a bunch of guys playing. And I was wondering if you could start by saying, for anybody who doesn't give a shit, usually, what is the Arizona Fall League and why is it special? Yeah, so so the Arizona Fall League is a collection of uh, each team, each major league team sends a handful of guys. This year, the Cubs sent seven uh, down to Arizona, and when they're down there, uh, what they do is it's a lot of times like the equivalent of Double A level baseball, uh, but a lot of times they'll send top prospects or uh, guys they want to get better views on, or in the other side of things, right? It's it's guys that are up for rule five draft uh, eligibility, right? So guys that could potentially be lost in that rule five draft, they have to be added to the 40 man roster or not. And so the Cubs want to get a, a last good look at them. So that's kind of what the Cubs did here this year uh, with the seven guys they sent five guys were uh, are, are rule five eligible. And then the other two guys are two of the top prospects the Cubs have in the system. Okay. So we got the guy I want to start with uh, is Caleb Killian. Killian uh he we got him from the uh the KB trade and I'm kind of excited about this dude I mean you know I miss Chris Bryant and everything but as we got this guy now Caleb Killian he was pretty good between single and double a with the Giants and then the Cubs in 2021 242 ERA in 19 starts uh 112 strikeouts in 100 innings and only 13 walks. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, how's he doing down there? Have you? you yeah. So, I, 
I appreciate you the the homework you've been doing, Danny. That's 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 some top top notch shit right there. Well, no, I I stole it off of uh of a uh of a uh, NBC Sports article. <laughs> well, oh, I thought you just listened to their podcast earlier. No, 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 no I, You're repeating I, his own fucking stats to himself. Yeah, well, you know, I I, I do a little homework. I, I listen. Listen, I'm not an expert in anything. I'm I'm an expert in calling guys like Greg and saying, "Hey, why don't you come on my show and, and uh, let's uh, get all your hard work out there." Well, I mean, I heard you guys were talking a little bit of shit about Rob Manfred, but right before I hopped on here, so oh, feel I, free, jump I in. Guess, you want to talk shit? Yeah, I'll talk some shit because it, it's related <laughs> to the Arizona Fall League, right? So, so these some of the top prospects in all of baseball are playing in one league together. It's, it's a, uh, I mean, people would love to be able to get their eyes on this, right. On, on MLB TV or on minor league baseball TV. Right. But of course there's no cameras. There's no way to actually watch these games <laughs> because MLB is run by a bunch of idiots. You know, it just, it makes no sense to me that I can watch every single minor league baseball game throughout the year. But by the time they go down and have this more or less all-star league at the end of the season, it's nowhere to be found. I know they don't want to take away from the World Series and all that shit, but like at the same time, just throw it on MILB TV. Let me watch because I want to watch the minor leaguers anyways. So let well, me not only, watch not, the- only, not only that, but the games aren't starting till seven thirty, eight o'clock. And yeah. and and what a lot of people are forgetting is that like it used to be like you know my dad's an old school guy, but like they would remember like listening to the radio at school during the World Series, where the teacher would let them listen to the radio. Yeah. Like now, like you know, like how many kids are going to be staying up till eleven o'clock, eleven thirty to see the outcome of a game? Yeah. Let them at least have something to watch during the day. You could have a start, right? Like a you could have like a, a early morning start, and you could still uh, it would be what like you know mid afternoon or afternoon around here, like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I- well, and also, is the World Series really so fragile it can't compete with the Arizona Fall League? Like, oh, well, I didn't, you know, 8 million people watched the Arizona <laughs> Fall League tonight and fucking just ignored the World Series. Just I let nerds see- like me watch the Arizona Fall League. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, the other thing uh, about the Arizona Fall League that I think a lot of people don't realize, and maybe you could talk a little more about this, is the teams are made up of players from different teams. Like it's not, there's not a Cubs team. There's a team that has Cubs players on it, but it might also have, uh, you know, Rockies or Red Sox or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that concept's like really cool. I mean, you, you get to see some of your top prospects. Uh, They get to interact with other people from other organizations, uh, take some knowledge away from them. I just, I think that's a cool concept in general to, to kind of do that. But, um, yeah, I mean, so, so that way they, they field uh, fewer teams, right? You've got six or eight teams down there uh, competing against each other every, every day. And um, I, it's, it's just a cool, cool experience. And, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an honor for those players. Like, they, they, it's a big deal when they get to be invited down to that league. Greg, so you the, haven't seen any of the games, but uh, have you? But do you know how any of the Cubs are doing down yeah, there? Yeah, right so now? so you you brought up Killian, uh, Ryan Jensen, and Caleb Killian both through today. Uh, Jensen started the game for the uh, Mesa Solar Stock, Solar Sox, and he went four innings, uh, struck out five guys, only allowed two hits, and then Caleb Killian came in right after him, threw three innings, struck out six, uh, only gave up, I think he gave up one hit. So uh, wow. really good outings from those two, uh, which. In their previous outings were not as pretty. A lot of like the Arizona Fall League is is tinkering with stuff and it's it's working on specific. It's a spring training in the fall, you know. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's an instructional league essentially. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a instructional instructional league with better opponents, you know. And so, I mean, 
you get performance like this, right? Where Jensen and Killian kill it today. Uh, last outing, they they got blown up a little bit, you know. But the, yeah, he's but the sure real did. the real big talk of this spring, uh, this Arizona Fall League has been Nelson Velasquez. I mean, people are, are are you know a lot of people in the baseball world are kind of looking up at this guy and being like, wow. Yeah, and he's Rule Five eligible, right? So the Cubs are probably going to add him to the forty man roster this offseason. Um, which I mean, you know, you got to be on the forty man roster, get, get get called up to the big leagues. Um, there's going to be a lot of different forty uh, man roster turnover this year on the major league roster. I'm sure a lot of guys getting DFA and stuff like that. But uh, for Nelson Velasquez to be added, there's several guys that are like kind of right on the cusp. Will they get added? Will they not? And he's making a pretty damn good case. I mean, he's tearing it up. I mean, he was he was arguably behind Brennan Davis, the best offensive performer in the Cubs system this year. Uh, and then he's just kind of continued that in Arizona right now. Yeah, it, it, I know he's making a lot of headlines. In fact, like I looked up, you know, just Googled Cubs AFL, and it was just like Nelson Velasquez, Nelson Velasquez. Yeah. You know, everybody's just talking about him right now. And, uh, you know, you wonder if that is like a, some of that, if, you know, because these guys can maybe even get be involved in a trade. But actually, they won't be because of the MLBPA. So it's like – they're going to have to add these guys, and you wonder like how the December first deadline adds into that, and like with no winter meetings, that's usually when the Rule Five draft would be taking yep. place. But then yep. that's not going to happen. So we, so it really could turn into a big clusterfuck. So if you're going to have a forty man log jam, maybe a strike year is the time to do it. I don't know what if there's no Rule Five draft, then you're not losing guys, right? Dude, I mean, I- yeah, and I was I was uh, I was talking with JJ Cooper, uh, who's uh, the editor over at Baseball America, and I asked him about uh, what a strike or not a strike, but what like what a, a, a work stoppage next year at the major league level means for minor league baseball. Because I was like, oh, I, I just I don't remember that. Like I don't remember what happens when that when that happens. And he says minor league baseball continues on like normal. So uh, all those players that are not on forty man rosters, not on major league rosters. They can keep playing. The, the Iowa Cubs can keep playing. The Tennessee Smokies can keep playing. So Yeah, because they're not a part of the Players Union. Exactly, exactly. So you got, uh, like you like you were saying, Danny, right? If, if Nelson Velasquez can't be added to the 40-man roster because there's a work stoppage, that means he gets to continue playing next year as, for, as part of the Cubs would be my guess. I, I don't know exactly like the how that works, but my guess is he would still remain a Cub not on the 40-man roster, and he can keep playing in AAA next year. If there's a work stoppage, you know? Mm. So, yeah, it, I guess we'll just see what happens about all that stuff. Now, uh, the one guy that kind of intrigued me, I don't know if you know anything about him, and the thing that stuck out to me, his name is, da- is it Danis or Danis? Uh, I, I heard the, the broadcaster say Danis Correa. Danis Correa. So <laughs> this guy, yeah. he was signed out of Columbia in 2016 as an international free agent. But the thing that I liked the most is that He's got a high 90s fastball, and I and we're seeing a few of these guys. We saw Manrod come through this year, some of these other guys that throw hard. It's such a relief from these, like, low 90s, high-ceiling, boring dudes that have been coming through that I can't tell the difference between them. Uh, but this guy seems to be dialing it up there and also struck out 60 batters in 37 innings yeah. uh, at single A. So this guy's maybe a little further away, but – what what can you tell me about? Yeah, him? I mean he he was injured for for quite some time in the in the years prior to this year, and so he kind of like he's always had some really good stuff, but like we just haven't had the chance to to see it, you know. Uh, but yeah, the fastball is no joke. The fastball, upper nineties fastball, got a, got a, a little bit of run on it too, so it's not just like a straight fastball. 
And then uh, the breaker is really the breaking ball is really really good too. I mean he he's really like th- those two pitches are what impressed me the most about him. Um, and he reminds me a lot of like you know how like Manny Rodriguez got added to the forty man roster and it was, like, it was kind of a surprise uh, his Rule Five eligible year. Like we didn't really like know a ton about Manrod and he got added. And now we're seeing him in Chicago. You know, uh, Danis Correa reminds me a lot of Manrod in, the, in that way where he just kind of popped on the radars and like he's throwing absolute heat. Will yeah. Will this be the only Correa in the Cubs system next year? <laughs> I I don't I don't know that that Danis Correa <laughs> even gets added to the forty man roster, let alone the Cubs go out and sign Carlos Correa. <laughs> yeah. <that year. laughs> now we did. You, you were talking about Manrod. I actually went and saw the Alt Sox and Alt Cubs play here in Schaumburg, not far from in a little west of Chicago. And uh, you know it was interesting, you know, because I was there with Brian Smith uh, from Bleacher Nation, and you know it's just. He looked very overpowering in Schaumburg, but what what are some of the bumps these guys have to deal with when they're playing against the major league talent? Obviously, it's a step up. Yeah, like when when they get called up from 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 the minors. I mean, I, I've just heard from so many people that the difference between AAA and Major League Baseball is like the widest gap it's been in years and years. And I don't know why that is. Like that's that's way over my pay grade. I don't know why why that's the case, but um, I, I think it's the truth, especially with a lot of hitters. You've noticed that, right? I mean. Guys tear it up. Uh, I mean, I guess the, the prime example for me is Nick Martini was absolutely tearing it up in AAA this year. Like he was, he was one of the best players in the system when he was in the minor leagues this year. And then when he called up to the major leagues, like not nearly as good. Obviously, that's that's like one of those examples that shows like just how wide that gap is between the highest level of the minors and major league baseball. Um, so you're gonna see a lot of a lot of bumps in the road for a guy like Manrod and especially a reliever where relievers are very like volatile in terms of like their performance. So uh, like I, it's, I'm never betting on a, on a reliever. Like I, like you won't, you <laughs> won't find me ever betting on an, on a, on a prospect reliever on a, on a, a free agent signing reliever. Like I'm that, that's too stressful to bet on a reliever. There, nope. Pass for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so where are you with uh, the Cubs current, state of things like you saw like the last time we talked to you you know I, I i don't know when was the last time we talked to you was it i think for, it was right at the deadline was it yeah it might have been right at the deadline so it went right when we got all these guys and then you kind of saw them for you know certain you know some of the uh the dudes we got in the trade yeah the trades um wh- where are you as far as like the cub system like i know th- i've seen it p- put in that top 10 in mm-hmm, the majors, mm-hmm. and I've seen people t- say it's still like a middling system. Where, where yeah, I, overall, I mean, I, I think it definitely improved. You, you see, right now, so I'm I'm actually working on on putting out a, a prospect list. Um, actually, I don't know if it's, it's not really breaking news, but uh, a few of the prospect guys we're we're putting together a a Cubs prospect specific uh, blog website. So uh, I don't know if you guys have I've seen that. Kind of uh, toiling around on Twitter, uh, Northside Bound is the name of the website. Uh, cool. Me and uh, Jimmy Nelligan, uh, my co-host over at, at Growing Cubs, and then uh, Todd Johnson and Greg Zumak are all kind of we're going together on a on a new website. So I'm putting together a, a prospect list for that site, and and basically numbers. So you got Brennan Davis at the top of a prospect list because he's he's by far the best prospect in the Cubs system. Brennan Davis is so damn good. Uh, but like prospects two through like seventeen. I swear to God, you can interchange those guys, and you, you could you can make an argument for any type of like any order of two through seventeen on the Cubs list, and that was not the case at all uh, a year and a half ago. Like two through seventeen was 
like by the time you were getting into the teens, you like you were kind of struggling to get some names. Like it was a it was a lot of depth, but like those middle levels were just not good. Um, but two through seventeen, there's a lot of high upside guys. I mean, I've talked about it with you guys, right? Like it, it's the it's the the super young guys that have a lot of high upside. But when you put together like ten to twelve of those guys that are young with high upsides, not all of them are going to hit, obviously. But if you can get like three of the ten or three of the twelve to hit, that's a success. I feel like. That's a third of your lineup. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, yeah exactly. And then you build around that, and because those guys will be cheap for a while. Well, Greg, uh, thanks for the optimism. You know, I, I think just we're followed be... you on Twitter right here. Inside bound. There we just go. Follow. North side bound. Hey, North side bound. We're, we're dropping soon. We're launching pretty soon here, um, and we're, we've been doing some behind the scenes stuff. So we're excited. I mean, we figured there's not a, a website dedicated to. Cubs prospect stuff. I know that the other other teams have that sort of stuff, and other teams have had that stuff for years and years. And uh, so me, Zumac, Jimmy, and uh, and Todd wanted to put something together and, and kind of have a, a landing spot for for anything Cubs prospect specific. Well, we appreciate that you guys do it because I certainly don't want to. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then you do all the work, and I just read about it later, and I'm like, hey, I learned something from Greg and and and, and Jimmy and are, and are all, you, Greg? And, I got to ask. We were talking earlier. Are you planning to go to Arizona? Uh, I, I don't have plans as of now, but uh, you mean for the, for the fall or for the spring? For spring, spring training. For spring. I don't know as of right now. I'd like to. Uh, I might be moving sometime soon. I might not. I don't know. I've, I've got a whole lot going on uh, in life right now, so uh, I would love to. I just don't know quite yet. Well, we hope to see you down there because it'd be fun to party because yeah, we never we never really that, partied together. So, I mean, I know. you got to sing. You haven't really lived until you sang karaoke with Crawley. <laughs> <laughs> He's not stupid. <laughs> I, I, I love that you accidentally hit the Pedro fucking it's but stupid. It, it, it worked fine, though. It actually worked. It worked a, little, a little lead in. Yeah. So thanks for coming on, Greg. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll definitely talk to you again soon, probably on the next rant or round table or something like that. Appreciate your insight as always. And good luck with the new, uh, was it, uh, heading north, north North side bound, north side bound. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, Michael Cotton's, uh, children's book. Santa goes north to the pole. (laughs) <laughs> going north to the prospects pole, yeah. go north to chicago yeah there you pros- go. <laughs> yeah you guys should team up on a children's book all right, all right well, uh, i really appreciate it you guys take care thanks thanks, thanks greg. greg thanks all right well i got a few announcements before we head on over to the green room portion of the conversation first of all ronnie woo woo's birthday it is uh on saturday night well it's actually on sunday he's a halloween baby turns 80 years young actually 80 years old um and uh he's gonna this is gonna be fun yeah i talked to janet his good friend that's putting together the party she's expecting over 100 people at cubby bear they had to move us into a larger room i'm printing up song lyrics uh for us all to sing a hey jude parody i wrote called hey woo in which we're all gonna sing together um, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to pr- print up a hundred song sheets. We're all going to sing together. It's going to be incredible. That's at Cubby Bear from six to nine. Nice, nice, nice PM on Saturday night. Uh, everybody's invited. It's going to be just a wild time. It's free because it's Ronnie Woo Woo, and he always gets it free. So he can certainly get, <laughs> he certainly can't charge anybody else to get into this. So uh, that's one thing that's happening. That's uh, this Saturday, and then uh, save the date. Uh, Cubs caroling. Uh, December 11th. That's a oh, Saturday night. It's going to be really absolutely fun. Absolutely can't we're, wait. 
we're gonna 5 p.m. We're gonna meet over at uh, G Man Tavern, and uh, we're gonna uh, get a little liquid courage in us, and then we're gonna walk around Wrigleyville singing a bunch of Cubs Carol songs. Which there will be another Cubs Carol contest for you guys out there that want to write. Uh, start writing your Cubs Carols as soon as Halloween is over. I say it's go time with the Cubs Carols. And so get those in. Uh, we had a lot of fun with those last year. Uh, man, every year we have a lot of fun seeing uh, Bill Sugis basically putting one up every day. I really enjoy it. And um, also just want to real quick about the Patreon campaign. We are working on getting uh, new things going on in the in the levels that uh, exist. Uh, you go at patreon.com forward slash Sunranto. Check out how you can sign up. But I've uh, limited the amount of people that can come in on the dollar level, the $2 level, and the $3 level. So there are only 20 spots left for the dollar level, for example. So if you want to get in and get the Patreon uh, show, which is ad-free and comes to you early in podcast form, if you if you want to be informed of everything first and, and be able to join the Discord, the Sunranto Discord, and also the Sunranto Super Ranchers page on Facebook, get in there now because you only got 20 slots left. And then it's going up to $2. Blame Joe Biden. It's inflation, people. It's not my <laughs> fault. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why not? And also, there are places that if you have a small business and you want to advertise on the Sun Ranto show, there are now levels where you can do that on the Patreon page. Okay? Ooh. so Give us and, money. We'll talk about your shit. Yeah, we'll talk about your shit. I'll even produce <laughs> a full-on commercial that I'll play for you on a live show where we got a captive audience every show uh, during uh, the season and off-season. Um, I also wanted to say that if you go to uh, sunranto.com forward slash shopping, uh, please shop this Christmas. If you shop on Amazon, I forget to always say this, click our Amazon links and uh, we get like a small percentage of anything you buy on the Amazon uh, if that you buy through Amazon, just try you to remember can, it's this season, uh, Amazon or uh, sunranto.com forward slash uh, shopping. And you can uh, shop yeah. through our Amazon links. G- click on that Amazon link. Go to Amazon. Buy my book. My book's yeah. out there. Yeah, Search but you my forgot, name. It should show up. But you forgot yeah. your uh, login, didn't you? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I figured that out. But it, it doesn't matter. The book's still up there. It's not like I fucking make it. It's not like the, the <laughs> order comes to me yeah. and I have to scribble this thing out again. Sun Ranto. Uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah. Santa goes north to the pole. Buy it today. Um <laughs> And, Going uh, north to the pole. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, I never read Nobody, a stupid book. Trust me, yeah, it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to fucking buy it anyway. Nobody ever does. It's fine. They, they will. I'm sure it's a wonderful book. So uh, It is early because it'll get stuck out in L.A. just floating in the water for like four months before it can get unloaded. So uh, Spotify.com forward slash US forward slash green room is where you can find the second half of the show where we're going to have a conversation with you. Join us over there and we'll watch the World Series together. Um, I've got a uh, TFC here uh, to, I uh, saw so you, you got one. Uh, Michael already burned his, I believe. Correct? I, I have I have one more, but I don't have to do okay. it. Okay. Well, here's mine. This one comes from Bob Nightingale. Uh, he says, he tweets out, Sweet revenge. MLB took the all-star game out of Georgia, but the World Series is still coming south with Atlanta celebrating his first trip to the Fall Classic since 1999. And Bob, Bob, Bob. Just, He's always wrong. 
Yeah, exactly. In every sense, like, he just doesn't get anything right. And then he had an article today talking about how he won't use the name Braves. I'm like, you just tweeted out. You just. Ah, never mind. Sweet revenge. <laughs> Sorry, what do you got? That's my only one. Okay, I I have uh, Casey Smithwood. Okay, guys, I will do it. I will go on Squid Game so I can try to win the money to purchase the Chicago Cubs. So if people are watching Squid Game, a little, little pop culture there. Of course, uh, I looked it up, and all the money that those people can win risking their lives uh, is like $35 million. I don't think it's going to buy the Cubs. Unless you invest it in Bitcoin, then you, ah, yeah, then Bitcoin. you have a fighting chance. <laughs> I, I hope the Ricketts <laughs> sell their their team in Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I had a whatchamacallit. It's not letting me upload anything on the brand for some reason today. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know if we're full or Did you? What is the, this you? Uh, that was old. That's an old one. Oh, that's man. old. Okay. All right. Well, uh, did, I had one that was... You want to say it, it for the podcast people? Oh, it's just my favorite one. You remember that one about the Japanese guys making up American baseball names? The what? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Japanese video game makers, they had to come up with baseball American names, and they came up with all sorts of like ridiculous names, like they Glenn Allen Nixon. And, right, and, and, and Tony and Bobson, Dugnut, and all that stuff. It's just <laughs> what Japanese people think base, American baseball names are. And so Special Jake said, here's the full list of people who have turned down the Mets job. Oh, and, they, and then they just showed the same names? Yeah, the, the Japanese oh, list of American The Japanese names. baseball <laughs> names. Okay. <laughs> took me a minute. I was like, wait, where did you go? I'm, like I said, it works way better, but unfortunately, <laughs> I, uh, I can't, it's not letting me upload anything. I'm clicking on add overlay. I've put a million pictures on this thing, and I can't do it. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, technical difficulties. I've, I've been having a little choppy of a show myself, but let's see if it's any better over on that wonky app green room, shall we? Let's let's give that a shot. Uh, join us over there. I'm going to play the song, the Hey Jude parody that I wrote for uh, Ronnie Woo. I put it on TikTok, which I've been using a little bit more now that the season's over. So follow me, Danny Rocket, on TikTok. I'm having fun over there. Um, here is Hey Woo or Woo Woo. I don't know what it is, but uh, see you over on green room. <laughs> Here we go. Spagog! Spagog! Woo-woo, the greatest fan. You've got big lungs that woo forever. You've wooed the cubbies into your heart. At the ballpark, bring us together. Extra innings or double headers at Wrigley, whether we lose or we win, always open the Cubs get better. Now Ronnie starts a new decade. Happy birthday. Blue, let's scream. Woo, woo. 
the greatest fan You've got big lungs that will forever You've wooed the cubbies into your heart At the ballpark Bring us together, gather, gather, gather birthday ronnie the sun ranto show is brought to you by Simbull. it's the sport stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge there are two ways to make money on symbol first every time a team you own wins you earn a cash win payout second just like the stock market if you think a team is going to increase in value you can buy low and sell high for a profit use promo code sd sports drink sd to make your first deposit risk-free that means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you symbol will refund your initial deposit no questions asked symbol symbol symbol.com use promo code sd sun ranto show is also brought to you by the spotify green room app you're about to hear a green room conversation from the Sun Ranto show in real time. Well, actually, it's recorded. Uh, we recorded it in real time, though, with you, with the listeners of the show. They downloaded the Spotify green room app. They put it on their phone or their tablet. And then uh, they followed Sun Ranto show on the Spotify green room app. And then when we went live, they were notified and they listened to a conversation or they participated in that conversation. It was amazing and you're about to hear it. It's it's recorded. It's recorded for all the people to hear. It's going to be part of this podcast. It's the whole second half of this show is us talking about uh, fandom, about uh, heckling, about uh, the White Sox and their fans and how I... Never, I don't want to get into it. You're just going to have to hear about it. Download the Spotify Green Room app. It's in the iOS store. It's in the uh, Google Play store. Uh, you can link your Twitter up to it. You join the MLB group. You follow Sunranto Show. And then uh, when the room goes live, you get notified. It's the easiest thing that could be. It's an interactive conversation. It's the wave of the future, people. It's the wave of the future. Basically... It, it's talk radio. It's talk radio on apps. It, it, that's what it is. But it's still the wave of the future that kind of looks like the past. History rhymes, people. Download the Spotify Green Room app and join us today. Join us right now. Here it is. 
Here's our conversation on the Spotify Green Room app. Not exactly sure what everybody wants to talk about. Uh, to free throwing meatballs right now, according to Patrick. Um, yeah, well, they won last night. I mean, that kind of takes away uh, home field advantage from the, uh, at least for now, because if they were to win the next three in Atlanta. But it kind of reminded me of um, in game, let's see, what, uh, I, it was 2019 when the Nationals and the um, the Nationals and the uh, Astros played, and all the games were won by the away teams, which um, I think is probably pretty rare. I don't know if that's the only time that that ever happened in um, the history of uh, the World Series, but certainly hasn't happened much. And uh, I just wondered last night after the Astros dropped that first game, if it was kind of a situation where, um, I don't know, maybe the Astros get tight at home, like, or they're, they're like looking, listening for that garbage can that never comes or, you know, I don't know. Um, uh, Bernie wants to talk about the 2022 roster. Yeah. Okay. We can do that. Um, I wonder where Crawley and Michael are. So let's see. I'm going to text them. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. We, I almost pulled this up I, I, as a this flexing cube because our friend Tom said, hot take, Frank Schwindel is legit and hits 280 with 25 home runs. Maybe this isn't hot considering he hit 31 home runs in 505 plate appearances this year between AAA and the majors, but I don't think anyone is just taking that season at face value for the 30-year-old journeyman. Despite his age, the Cubs should give him a full shot and see if they have hit on a true late bloomer. The best part from the fantasy standpoint is that he won't cost much, so even if 2021 is a stone-cold fluke, it would be easy to move on and cut him. I like the contact profile. 16% 16% MI minor league K rate and just holding on to some of the power gains will yield a solid profit at the draft table. And Crawley tweeted him back, uh, put down the crack pipe, which uh, I thought was pretty hilarious. Um, Cotton, I'm going to let you in, invite you to speak here. I'm, um, oh, there you are. So I'm here. Uh, yeah, there you are. But why, but why, yes, there you are. Can you guys hear me okay? Because I'm supposed to be going through my earphones, but fortunately that's not working. <clears throat> I can hear you fine. Okay, well. Bernie says yes. Okay, cool. I was hoping I could listen listen to you guys. Artie's at Subway. Um, Patrick is uh, fried throwing meatballs right now. I don't even... <laughs> Freed. Oh, freed. Freed. <laughs> my, my bad. I, I had actually, I had, because I read Artie's first, I had Subway on the mind, and I was thinking like a meatball sandwich and uh, fried things. So You're just hungry is what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, let's talk about the, the 2022 roster. That's what uh, Bernie wanted to discuss. Uh, I think it would. So just read like a. What could have possibly been a TFC, which uh, it was uh, my, our friend Tom saying that um, he believes in um, the uh, the uh, Frank Schwindel experiment as a uh, as a possibility. I mean, at, let's start at first base because right now he's got the job because there are no other first basemen. But um, 
you know, to me, it's like, that would be great if this guy is a true late bloomer. Wow. How lucky we are. But that would also mean that small market teams like the Royals and the A's just kind of missed on missed <laughs> Frank Schwindel. I mean, I don't foresee a situation where Frank Schwindel has been necessarily blocked his whole career on the Royals and the A's. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't add up to me that he wouldn't have gotten a chance there. Like I'm sure they had guys that they already played that position. First baseman aren't hard to come by. I mean, hell, if worst comes to worst, you just put somebody like um, Kyle Schwarber there. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Well, um, like uh, we just heard Greg Huss tell us on the show that the the gap from jumping from AAA to major leagues is huge, and it's getting bigger. It's like the biggest it's ever been. Um, apparently, uh, Schwindel didn't have that issue. Like he came up and uh, finally got his opportunity and pulled it off. Uh, so I'm actually. <laughs> We've talked about this a number of times. I'm okay with Schwindel being their starting first baseman this next year. I don't have any thoughts that this next year is going to be, you know, some amazing year. Uh, But who else are they going to go get? It's like if you're not going to keep Frank, you have to have somebody else. And, I mean, Schwindel is doing it. I'm fine. You know, See, what worries me about that is that concept that that Schwindel is doing it. I I don't know – I mean, if, if everybody thinks he's – maybe I'm the complete wrong guy on this. If everyone thinks he's the next coming of, of Ted Williams, then so be it. I don't know what Frank Schwindel is, and I don't know how that plays off in, again, in See, 162. In, I'm, not, and I'm not saying that he's the next coming of Ted Williams in any way. I'm saying that 2022, uh, regardless of anything that the Cubs front office might try to fucking bullshit their way through – 2022 is a transition year. There's nothing there. Schwindel is under contract. He is held. There's no, I mean, there, uh, I don't even know if there's arbitration for the guy. Like, there's nothing there that can be bad for the Cubs. He's still working towards trying to get a real contract. He's fine for next year. You know, like, I, I, and I think where your issue here is, like what you say, if people think this is where we're going to go for the future, no, I, I would hate that. Like, I don't want them to give Frank Schwindel uh, a three-year, four-year deal right now. Yeah, and, okay, so, but right now he is your first baseman going into next year. Like, that is who you got. I have uh, what I've heard on, you know, from at least that's been rumored so far is that Rizzo really wants to return to the Yankees. And that makes total sense to me. His family's originally from New York. I met his father. He sounds like he's, you know, straight out of, you know, central casting. He's the Sopranos. Yeah, he does. No, he's from the Sopranos. Yeah, he, does. he literally is sitting there with the, with the little reflector shield outside with the sun. Yeah, he <laughs> really is. And uh, so, I mean, I can see that being a good match. The Yankees, they don't really operate that way. Um, but, 
you know, as far as like, you know, necessarily getting, um, you know, a, a, a guy just because he fits in personality wise. In fact, like, who was it that was recently rumored to have like a bad attitude? Oh, Joey, Joey Gallo. Cause he like took too long to get dressed or something. Did you see that story? <laughs> yeah. He had, he has too many uh, superstitions before you the game. You know what? Yeah, if Joey did. Gallo was hitting 40 home runs and hundred RBIs for the Yankees. They wouldn't give a shit how he put his pants on. Yeah. yeah it, the problem is he was hitting 120. Like it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. Rizzo, though, had some success. I don't know what his final numbers were, but he seemed to fit in pretty well over there, and we know that defensively he's got what they need. And he's going to take he's going to take whatever they give him. That's the thing. Like, it's going to be, you know, the Cubs gave him the, the $70 million or whatever, and it annoyed him. But if the Yankees gave him, I don't know, fifty million. He'd probably take it because he doesn't give a shit at this point. He has to I mean, there has to be though, like for Rizzo, a point of pride. I mean, like, he turned down seventy million dollars. I, I I and 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 so you know Freddie Freeman and him are tight. Obviously everyone remembers Frederick, Freddie, Freddie, you know, that whole bit when they were running around and stuff. He's gonna get paid. Freeman's getting paid. And Rizzo isn't asking for Freeman money, but he's also not asking to be 100, under $100 million. Right. And I don't know. I think he could sign a, a number very similar to what the Cubs offered him, maybe even less, because of all sorts of different things. But he's not going to sign that for the Cubs because they – fucked him. You know what I mean? Like they told him they were getting him on the back end. Like that's where he was. He signed a great deal. He played for him for a long time. He outplayed the contract the whole time he was there. He thought he would get a little more and he never did. Well, you guys are, you guys are discounting um, really the, the amount of money uh, of more money you can make in New York uh, in the media than you can in Chicago. That is like, you know, a huge market, national kind of brand. You can go out there as a Yankee and and make a shit ton um, just in promotional deals themselves. I think New York would love him just like Chicago did. Like he, here he's doing brain of beef. You know what I mean? He's doing more small things like there. He's got access to a lot more money, a lot more endorsement deals. The Yankee, the Yankee pride that comes with that, like that's huge. That's a, that's a, 20% premium at that point. Uh, you know, uh, Cubs, as much as they'd love to be, they are a national brand, but they're, they're still a national brand for being losers because like on the national broadcast, they're still bringing up Bartman. They're still bringing up goats. Like they won't let this narrative die. And, you know, Rizzo could have been part of like a transition to being something more akin to the Yankees, but Hey, we're, we're just right back. And, and I think Rizzo's, Figuring that into his dollar and cents is basically what I'm saying. See, I don't know. I think you're it's you're giving too much credit for for that kind of situation here. The Yankees, they don't put up with shit, and they don't like it when guys are struggling or scuffling. I, I think that you know he kind of was a little fun jolt in the arm, but if he starts to struggle or he gets into one of those slow starts or bad streaks, I don't think those endorsement dollars are going to be coming. Maybe five, six, seven years ago, maybe. 
But now I, I don't see that happening. I mean, you take a look. Guys like Gian, Giancarlo Stanton are just getting killed out there. They're like, fuck that guy. They can't stand him. It's like they, they turn on you way quicker than, they, than we do here in Chicago. Yeah, um, in, in, uh, that, that can't be true. But regardless, we're all agreed he's not coming back to Chicago, correct? Yeah, I think he's our. I yeah, think Schwindel, Frank okay. is our. So let's move on to second base. I think Rizzo. So, yeah, well, well, that that's. I mean, I guess that it's Nick Madrigal, you know, and you know, I I, I know Sox fans are sad to lose him, so that makes me happy. And um, you know, unfortunately, that means Nico moves over to short, and I think that we're all kind of not happy about that situation. Um, I I do think that the Cubs should go out and. I get somebody like Correa. I just, you know, my cynicism says they're not going to make any big splashes and they're going to just go out there with second and short being the, the Nick, Nick and Nico and market that, you know, in whatever way they can and it'll be passable, but it won't be the best it could be. And I think it's something that we'll have to watch. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you, I mean, I know we've talked a lot about, I, I saw the rumor that Javi coming back. So. I mean, I don't think Kavi's coming back either. I think all you know, we've talked about this too, about how there's just a lot of clickbait out there that just gets people eyeballs reading clicks during like, you know what I mean? Especially if you're a Cub fan, what do you have right now other than hopes and wishes? You know what I mean? And so at this point, you're, you're, you're looking at, at a situation where I still think that they're going to go for, and rather than a cornerstone piece to build around, I believe they're going to try to go with the uh, guy uh, coming off a down year, short-term contract, and then flip. That's, that's my belief. Josh Donaldson type guy or somebody that kind of had a bad year that, you know, could try to, you know, see if they can maybe parlay that into something bigger. Yeah. The, my problem with Nick Madrigal being the second baseman is that you move uh, Nico Horner over to shortstop because that makes both of those positions worse because I'm pretty sure and, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I, I thought Nico Horner was a great second baseman and that he was better at second base than Nick Madrigal. So if you give Nick Madrigal that spot, then your second base goes down in quality. And then you move Nico over to shortstop. And while he can play that position, he's not a great shortstop. So now you have a weak team up the middle. And we know that there's no center fielder on the horizon or, or in their history or ever, right, Crowley? Like, there's no center fielder. So you've got a week up the middle, and that's never good for your baseball team. Sorry, I, I was muted and talking, uh, trying to respond to what you were going to say. I, I also wanted to say that uh, anybody can request to speak, and I can let you into the room. It wasn't working last week, so um, hopefully it will this week. And this week I can see the chat, though, and so that's a uh, – that's an improvement from last week. And I see that Patrick Norton says Frank Schwindel can naturally regress a little bit and still be more, uh, be a more constant bat than what the Cubs would find. Um, that's at 16%, uh, K rate in the minors, uh, market just isn't there and doesn't justify replacing one of the only things that worked last year in the second half of last year. Like, yeah, the way Frank played, I mean, not to get back into Frank too much, but um, the way he played, it absolutely deserves a second look. No doubt about it. Um, John Vasky says, uh, sign Story or Correa and trade Nico for pitching. 
I mean, that's a question. Is like Nico's been hurt a lot. Like, who has he even come? And he didn't have like a full minor leagues as the Cubs would have wanted. I mean, is this a situation where like he even has value on the trade market right now? Have people even heard of him? Yeah, that's a that's a tough question. Nico has no value on the trade he, market. No, there's, there's I no, wouldn't think so, except yeah. for being I young. Mean, I'll I'll bet he does. Just in the sense that, come on, guys. I mean, somebody's job out there is to clock whether or not Nico Horner is any good. Like everybody's team has that. But yes, he's played one full season and he was beat up. Like he was, you know. Didn't quite make it. But, of course, he had a weird – he was coming in, and it was weird because the Cubs didn't think he was very good. I don't know. Yeah. um, So then let's move over to third base. I mean, Patrick Wisdom. I mean, the the strikeouts were unplayable towards the end of last year. Um, I think we can all agree Chris Bryant is not coming back to this shambles of an organization, especially if they're not looking to compete right away. Um, you know, somebody's going to pick him up. He's is you know, and he's going to get paid a lot of money because let's face it, he was the best all around player. The Cubs. I know their injuries were frustrating, but you know, he was the best all around player that we had um, in a long time. So. Uh, outfield, you got Hap out there. I mean, I think unless you can find a taker for him and like parlay, you know, him getting more expensive into and having a good end of last year, you got to parlay that possibly into um, a, tr- a trade, get some pitching for him if you're not going to compete. But I think a tr- Ian Hap trade means you're definitely kicking the can down the road a little bit longer. Uh, Jason Hayward, they just gave up on him. They 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 sent him home. Basically, they they moved his desk to the basement and told him he still had a job. You know, <laughs> I love office space. Um, and then, uh, you know, we saw a little Michael Aramacio. He got hurt at the end. I was ashamed that he got hurt. You got Ortega, who came on strong, a lefty bat. Um, I think he turned some heads. But once again, he's one of those 30-year-old rookies. Um, finally got enough money to get braces, apparently, because he, he, he got uh, – but didn't he get, like, Invisalign or something? Did you notice that? Uh, yeah, I think he got regular braces. Yeah, regular yeah. – so he couldn't afford the Invisalign, but he got regular braces. Finally got that yeah, that's plan. Oh, that's – that's rough. I just, I actually literally this week or last week I got, my kids got their Invisalign. I have two kids in Invisalign right now. It's fucking brutal. Um, but my son, the trumpet player, is having trouble playing trumpet now. Oh, God. I could see that being a problem. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they wanted uh, uh, Steven Tyler to have plastic surgery because he's so ugly. You know, and, and he's and he's and he ended up getting like facelifts and stuff, but he was going to get, you know, a whole job and stuff. But uh, and Barbara Streisand, too, was another one that they wanted to have a nose job for. And she's like, no way. I'm a singer. Like, I need this to 
I, I need this my my schnoz to sing. <laughs> like, I I have when I'm holding those long notes, I'm breathing through this thing. Yeah, uh, Patrick Norton says I had braces from seventh grade to beginning of senior year of high school. That sucked. I never had braces. I have perfect teeth. Um, I'm lucky. Seventh grade is senior year high school. Yeah. Patrick, were were they growing teeth in yeah. there? Like, what the fuck? He, he had like a Siamese twin attached in his mouth. They had to figure it out. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> it's like five years of braces. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, every he night he had to like he had like straps on his ceiling that he had to hook to his teeth. Oh yeah, like a, like one of those. Oh my, they used to make some real draconian apparatuses for people uh you know that you had to like wear a harness basically to keep your teeth in place there were a couple of kids that had that oh yeah yeah uh you can still see it on some of those like old like 1980s teen movies or whatever i was supposed to have one of those and i was like yeah i'm not getting braces sorry yeah sorry i'm, I'm like, just I'm just not gonna do that and, and now my teeth are fucked and i should have yep. got braces uh, Patrick says he has an extra tooth that screwed him up real bad. Uh, I had my first girlfriend in high school, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, my first girlfriend in high school, uh, it, actually the woman, the girl I've lost my virginity to, she um, had an extra tooth growing out the middle of her mouth, or the middle of the roof of her mouth. Isn't that oh strange? Yeah. My, my son just got his... Uh, my oldest just got his wisdom teeth taken out. He had six wisdom teeth. Unlike the normal four that the rest of us had, he had six. Wild, wild. I will say the kid is super smart. (laughs) Well, it's a lot of wisdom teeth. Um, So uh, anyway, let's get into the outfield. I mean, I don't know how they're going to shape this up. (laughs) Uh, It's the Nick Castellanos signing year, right? Like, do you think, okay, Here's the thing. They got nobody in left, right? They don't really have a left fielder. Yeah, they, they do. They got have... seven of them. They got seven left fielders. Yeah, they have like... And seven right yeah. fielders. They got no center fielder. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? Are Crawley, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this. Do you sign Correa, or Correa, uh, Castellanos, and let, and actually bench Jason Hayward? Maybe Carly's not. Here. I, I think no. He's he's here. I think I, I heard one of his kids come in for a moment, and so he's probably dealing with something. But um, oh god, okay. uh, I think that you have to move on. I mean, maybe you can do some sort of weird bad contract swap where you can give Jay Hay and change the scenery. Maybe catch on somewhere, uh, you know, with a big outfield somewhere where uh, I don't know. Just like let every let everybody move on at this point. Because, um, and and I would you know do a bad contract swap for maybe like I don't know a reliever that didn't work out. So like you get a pitcher for a, a position player or something, and let Jay Hay go, and you know he's going to have a career year. You know it's going to work out great and for him, and he's going to bat like three hundred. We saw that glimpse in twenty twenty where he kind of was feeling himself. He was one of the best players on the Cubs, and uh, you know. I just, I just don't. At this point, do not take away playing time from somebody like Michael Hermosillo, who might be part of your future. You know, uh, do not take playing time away from. I mean, even somebody like Greg Dykeman, who you got 
in the uh, one of the trades. I forget which one. He came. He he's a first baseman. Well, he's a first though. baseman outfielder. I know they played him in the they played him in the outfield, but he's a first baseman. Mm-hmm. So he looks like a first baseman. Yeah, and and uh, Patrick Norton says, you, you know, a team with a bad reliever contract in a hole in right field, um, Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> Craig, yeah, I don't know if he's. Re- I mean, people are really thinking that. I mean, I saw Sox fans on Twitter saying, what you do is you sign Craig Kimbrell, the sixteen million dollars, you pick up that option, and then you trade him. Like I'm like, who would take it? I mean, that's a $16 million closer that has been pretty hit and miss recently. You know, like he's either been really good or really bad. And there really hasn't been any in between. Like it wasn't like, oh, here's our closer with a ERA near three because sometimes he gives up runs. Like it was just like either he's totally blowing everything or he's completely lights out. And whatever happened on the Cubs – they found out, which he was told dog shit when we first had him. He had a six ERA until recent, until very recently. I might remind everybody when he came over. Yeah, until the second half of last year, and then this. Year. I don't know if he's a head case, and it just took him a while to get comfortable in Chicago. We see that a lot, but I mean, it it could be he now signs with the White Sox, stays with them, and now he's good like he was with the Cubs because it's a very similar situation. We got him at the trade deadline in 2019, right? Right. But, you know, Tony La Russa was using him in the eighth inning all the time. Like, he was using him in non-safe situations. It was – and I think he is a bit of a head case. I mean, the guy stands like a fucking praying mantis. Yeah. Right. He's got superstitions. And when you start sending him in there in the seventh and eighth inning all the time, that that's messing with his head. And I think it's going to take time for him to get over that. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Unless uh, and, and he's not going to sign to the Sox unless I mean, I guess they can just pick up his option. Right. Like he doesn't have a choice. Yeah, and uh, um, the other guy in the outfield here is uh, Nick Martini, who you know uh, Greg just mentioned uh, on as tearing it up in AAA. I'm looking at it here right now, and in Iowa, he had an 8.31 OPS. Okay, I mean he hit uh, 11 home runs. That wasn't great, but only 323 plate appearance. But that's some pop. You'll take it. Um, batted 267, OBP of 387, and that's mostly, you know, he's got 42 walks, uh, so he's walking more than 10% of the time. Uh, so, I mean, this is this is going to play. Ed, uh, Can he play center field? Yeah, I believe yeah. that's, yeah, I believe that's, and he's from Crystal Lake, so you know the broadcast will love that. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, but then he comes You know who else the- is from Crystal Lake? Jason Voorhees. From Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Happy Halloween, everybody! <laughs> now, when you now oh, when you two Michael Cottons now, how did that happen? Oh, I know. Just press refresh. It happened to me for a while too. Um, so, uh, but I'm looking at Nick Martini. Wait a second. You guys are having a problem with two of me? Well, God, I definitely would if there were two of you. <laughs> um, but then I look at his his uh, numbers with Chicago last year. Okay, twenty five games. 
45 plate appearances. So he's not playing full games even when he's out there. Okay, he's just coming in as a pinch hitter or whatever. So I'm going to put these in with with a grain of salt. He had only 37 at-bats because he walked six times. Uh, 10 strikeouts, so he's striking out there. I mean, you can't really – this is a small sample size. But he had a 270 batting average, 356 OBP, but he only slugged 297. So the power wasn't there. He had no triples, no home runs. Uh, in the majors, you know, last year. But he did have 11 in the minors. But you wonder how this would play if he – you wonder how it would play if he had a more of a chance. You know, he's been a journeyman. He's been – he's not young. He's 31 years old. So this right. is and another guy like that, you know, who – yeah, and those, but those numbers sound a lot like the kind of numbers you would want for your leadoff hitter, right? I mean, I guess it's never played at the major league level. That's the issue. It's like, you know, and you wonder, like, and he's 31. So uh, you're going to put it together. Now you're looking like Nick Martini is the new Ortega, is the new Schwindel, just another guy like that, you know? The the, the nervousness about it is, is, yeah. is your – Again, if you're cool with it being a transition year and they're full of shit and they're not really going to compete, then 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 that's fine. I guess Schwindel and wisdom and whatever you think is going to sell the you know whatever your your tickets and your your TV station. I'm just telling you right now that nobody's sitting here going like, boy, look what the Cubs are doing right there with Schwindel and, and wisdom. Oh man, like nobody. Let's let's get on that. <laughs> you know, like, right? Let's let's do let's copy what the Cubs are doing. That's gonna play. You know, right? Let's let's find let, let <laughs> no. let's look for thirty year olds that were overlooked. Like that, that doesn't. There's <laughs> there's a reason. There's a reason. This is not. Oh, they were just blocked, or oh, they were this, or oh, they were that. That's not how it works. Like there are not all these undiscovered gems sitting around in the minor leagues. If you're in the minor leagues till you're thirty, there's a real legit reason. We may not know it yet, but that's the situation. So. Again, it's a great Cinderella story, but just remember that sooner or later the clock strikes midnight. Well, knowing knowing how the MLB is run today, it's possible though that uh, Wisdom was a power guy that had very high strikeout numbers. MLB does, you know, the the major leagues doesn't want that, uh, and Schwindel is the contact guy. That doesn't have power numbers. And wait, 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 don't want wait, that. You know what I mean? Uh, wait, like, wait, wait, wait. I want to go back. I mean, they, they haven't. I mean, MLB has been absolutely fine with guys that hit home runs and strike out. That's, that's that's true. That's never been an issue. But he strikes out a lot. <laughs> that's right. He which strikes is why out a little more than even the yeah. Which is why he was in the minors. I mean, you can sit there and hit thirty home runs if you're 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 going for the fences every time. Carly, you're talking about a uh, finalist for the rookie of the year, the all-time leader in uh, rookie home runs for the Cubs. Better than Billy Williams, better than Chris Bryant. Better than yeah. better than Hall of Famer Billy Williams and better than uh, superstar Chris Bryant. Goddamn right. <laughs> well, and then, uh, you know, so, I mean, if we're talking Patrick Wisdom, you know, given up by the Cardinals, who actually are known – to develop players. So that gives me some kind of hope in this situation because if, because he did play games with them, they just gave up on him at some point. And if you think that catch Kantrovitz is the one that probably went out and got him, you know, that also, cause St. Louis gave him to Texas and then Kantrovitz got him back. So at some point, you know, it's, it's him being like, I want to stick with my guy kind of reminds me of like, you know, 
wisdom's older, but a uh, of a uh, uh, going to get um, Rizzo. You know, everywhere Theo went, Rizzo came with, or you know. So, but uh, yeah. getting to Frank Schwindel, what I have trouble believing is that you look at a guy that's in the Royal system between 2013 and 20. See, night, uh, no, 2013 and 2018. Then goes, then he's into the, the Detroit system. Then he's back in Kansas City system. Then he's back in the Detroit system again. Then back in the Royal system in the majors. Then he goes to Oakland. Like these are not big market teams where this guy's being blocked, where he can't break through and play. I mean, he did break through a little bit, but not too much. Um, where he did play a few major league games, but he played with the Cubs more than anybody. Uh, you know, he had, let's see, a total of uh, 64 games in the major leagues. 56 are now with the Cubs. So, you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the interruption, uh, but uh, you're not a Patreon subscriber. But I wanted to thank all of our Patreon subscribers to all of our non-Patreon subscribers because our Patreon subscribers are the people that are keeping the Sunrancer show on the air. Without them, the show doesn't happen. If we didn't have that vote of confidence from our Patreon subscribers, we would probably stop doing the Sunrancer show. So why don't you become a Patreon subscriber for as little as a dollar a month? There's perks at every level. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. It's cheap. It's uh, a way to become involved. It's a way to do your part to make Cubs podcasting possible and uh, keep us on the air. Uh, we give 10% of the money to Lost Boys, Inc., our friend Levant and the South Side. He's helping a lot of kids. And we want to support him. So by supporting us, you support him. It's a beautiful thing. You should be involved. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. And guess what? If you join us, you get the podcast early and ad-free through a Patreon-only RSS feed. You get to join our Discord. You get to win uh, the scavenger hunt, maybe, if you get picked. There's all sorts of perks. Just become one. It's really easy. You should do it. You know you should. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Help us out. Help us pay the bills. We love you anyway, even for listening. I know some of you out there might not be able to afford a dollar, and that's sad. Oh, boy, is that sad. It's so sad that I don't want your dollar if you need that dollar. But I'll tell you who does need the dollar. Me. I need a fucking dollar from you. That And that's sad that I'm even asking you for a dollar. It's like I'm standing out front of Jewel. It's sad. <laughs> Anyway, back to the show. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's hard. I'm I'm with I'm I'm sort of with Crawley here in that it just it, it kind of pisses me off that they're not going for it. But if they're not going for it, then I guess we're fine with this fucking team. You know, it's it's weird. It's it's these are Schwindel, Wisdom, Horner, Madrigal. Uh, Hayward and whoever else you're going to fucking throw out there and left and center, the 27 other guys that you have, all of it doesn't mean anything because they're not going for it. They're not really fucking trying. Well, see, I disagree that I'm fine with this team because you should be signing 
uh, people in the off season, like your Jock Petersons of the world, where you can at least sign and flip and, uh, you know, give us something to look at for at least half a year out left field or something. You know what I mean? Like you can't just throw out like, you know, in 2013, you had guys that you were kind of getting rid of, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, like you're like, you went out there with David DeJesus in center that year, you know, you had your Nate Shearholtz's of the world, you know, and, and they weren't able to trade those guys, but they did trade your Jeff Samarja's, and your Scott Feldman's and, you know, you, you di- did some roster move. You did some roster moves to make, to make the future set up the, now we're just playing a waiting game with these guys. You know, if you got a bunch of 31 year old rookies or in their sophomore, by the way, do not yeah, discount in, the sophomore in, jinx. <laughs> in, in, I mean, you're talking a little bit about the trades. Honestly, would you not be trying to trade uh, Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel right now? I mean, this is the season to trade them. Nobody expects them to be very good, but it's the absolute top of their value right now. Even if you get just a couple of high schoolers, which that was good enough for fucking you, Darvish. Why not get a couple of high schoolers for these guys? The, the the guys that were from for Darvish, they were again. They were the two or three of them were pretty had pretty good reputations already. I mean, like, there's no way you're getting anything of value other than just a complete shot in the dark. They have no value. The only place that anybody believes they have value is Chicago. That's it. I'm saying that if they have any value of any sort. Right now, they are the most valuable they have ever been or ever will be. And no offense, that's not a lot. That's that, that's. I'm, I'm trying to say this in a way that's not going to be offensive. Uh, Why? Uh, just just because. <laughs> yeah, uh, how about be offensive? Who gives a shit? How about uh, it's it's like being the uh, what in in the land of the blind, the Cyclops is king. It's just these yeah. guys, these guys are just they're nothing. Like congratulations, you have the most value you will ever have, which is akin to pretty much nothing. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, I, I feel that way a little bit about uh, uh, wisdom. I do think Schwindel being a first baseman would be – he would be fine. Because here's the thing. First, first, first baseman get a better first base. First basemen are very much like running backs in the NFL where they're, they're a lot more interchangeable and easier to kind of do. To, to, to kind of pick up. Yeah. It's, that's why Rizzo isn't going to get a lot of value. Freddie Friedman's a special player. Goldschmidt was too. But in general, most people don't like dropping big money on first baseman. And so. Well, and Rizzo was a special player. He was just locked up by the Cubs during that whole time. Right. They took a gamble and their gamble paid off. Rizzo took a yeah. gamble and his was a safe bet, but it wasn't the big bet. So, you know, it, it's, it's a matter of, you know, John Vasky says, you know, that, uh, Boog thinks that they're the real deal. Boog is trying to sell this. That's all he's doing. He's just a salesman. He's selling you that. Uh, oh, and also, Boog doesn't understand baseball. He's <laughs> he's constantly asking questions that nobody has asked since they were like fucking fifteen years old. My my point being is is that <laughs> is that there is no value for these guys. This is if you're willing to accept the fact that this team is nothing more than just a stopgap team. Uh, uh you know. Uh, 2013 all over again, well, then that's fine. I mean, you don't have pitching, you don't have hitting, you don't have fielding. That's not a really good recipe for success right now. 
Well, and, and that's what I mean. Like you have the room on the payroll to at least spend money on, you know, Jorge Soler and then flip him, you know, I mean, I, or one of those guys that are just looking for the one year contract the, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to lock up Soler long-term cause he's, who knows? He hit a leadoff home run. Maybe, maybe he's a bad example. But, you know, somebody with a name that, like a Jock Peterson, I think is the prime example, where you just pick him up and, you uh, you know, he's a, he's basically trade bait the entire year. Um, and, hey, you know what? If the Cubs, with their core, wouldn't have had a 13-game losing streak or whatever the hell it was, Jock Peterson doesn't get traded and the Cubs are in better shape than the Braves are at the trade deadline, and this doesn't happen. You know what I mean? So it's just like you can still – but this time you're coming at it in without that core. You're coming at it with an almost complete blank slate. So I'm saying like either you got to make the move where you're like, okay, let's lock up a Correa. We're going to give him a five-year contract. Let's give Javi five years. Let's give somebody – let's say, okay, we're building around this situation. Here's how we're going to do it. But I just don't know that they're ready to signal a direction. So if – but even if they don't signal a direction, get the one-year guys and, and flip them. I think I think they know the direction they want to go, which is Correa and not Javi. They don't want the strikeouts. They're, they've 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 seen enough of that. Uh, I I think that they a Correa would be a perfect guy. It's just a matter of everybody else is going to be bidding as well. How long are you going to wait until you're ready? Correa is not going to solve the Cubs' problems overnight. The Cub the, Correa is not going to throw be a pitcher. You know, it's not he's not Otani. So you you have so many holes that do you want to waste two years of this guy's career? If you're giving him again, I don't think he's looking for a five-year deal. I could see him looking maybe, maybe like a, you know, seven, eight-year deal with an opt-out at a certain point. But, but there's no way. But he is exactly Korea is exactly the profile of the player they want. Whether they go ahead and pull the trigger, that I don't know. But I can tell you, Javi Baez is not the player that Jed Hoyer wants. Yeah. Well, yeah, he never did. Uh, they were trying to get rid of him before Madden had to save him. Um, but hey, we are we are actually we're missing the one position that we have. We haven't talked about it. Catcher, catcher, yeah. Wilson Contreras. It's the last position we haven't talked about it. Uh, do you give Contreras the long term contract right now? I think Wilson Contreras is on the trade block all winter long. I don't think they're going to make the perfect the enemy of the good enough at this point. I think Wilson's an awesome athletic player. Um, I think they don't like the way that he handles the pitching staff. Ultimately, I, you know, the, the framing I know from the metrics that I saw took a step backwards this year. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I personally would not give up on Wilson Contreras. I personally would have him be your catcher and your starting catcher and maybe even use him in other respects. Like, why doesn't he play first? Why is or, he, or, or, or why does so he? So you've got, you've got uh, Amaya, you know, in the wings waiting to come up. Not if really. He can come up. He's not ready. No, no, no. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. You sign Contreras because when Amaya is ready, you can move Contreras to first. What do you think, Crawley? Where are you on the the? I, I think they try to trade him and just. I, I think. 
I think they've torn down enough. You have to have something. Okay. You can't, you can't leave that cupboard completely bare. You're not, I mean, you cannot put out a minor league team and that is absolutely a minor league team without Contreras. It's barely, barely a major league. Do you think he's worth it? Do I think he's worth it? I think he has value, especially, and you're not going to like to hear this is the idea that the DH is coming. And so, and so you now have an opportunity (laughs) because that's another concern about Wilson. He caught a ridiculous number of games this year because of the black hole that was the backup Cubs catcher position. The guy was an absolute, you know, he was a horse. He did what he had to do, but he caught way too many games. And I've personally talked to Randy Huntley about the 69 season. Wow. Nobody? I'm sorry. I I said it, but I was muted. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it took me, it took me a minute. I was over here like, I'm like, what did he say, Crawley? What? Oh, sorry. Nice. Uh, so I talked to him about the 69 season. And if you know that, like Randy Huntley, like caught like every single game. And that was with all day games. Okay. Like at home. And so the guy was basically, you know, he was never that great of a hitter. Randy was, but he was great with uh, the pitching staff, but he talked about how much that season that at the end, all like Leo was pushing full steam and he wasn't going with backups and he wasn't going with, remember the Joe Madden meatloaf uh, lineups and stuff like that. He was going for the win every single day. And by the time they got to September, they ran completely out of gas. And so, yeah, they were burned. And so with Wilson Contreras, the, this season was tough because basically he had to shoulder the load. They had no backup catcher because they gave away, what's his name? Um, Caratini. Uh, they went through how many backup catchers this year? I don't even know. It was ridiculous. Like nine they had or 10. 10. Yeah, nine or yeah. 10. Well, I'm looking at it too. And he actually only uh, had 483 plate appearances this year. Played in 128 games, but because it was all front loaded because he ended up getting hurt at some point. The batting average was way down, uh, 237, OBP of 340, uh, which is a little lower than usual. But the slugging was still there, managed 21 homers in that time. So, like, you've got a slugging catcher, but, you know, it's it, it's more about the wear and tear. Uh, he's 29. But when I look at – I'm looking at it right now. The 2022 list of catchers that are available on the free agent market. There is not a single catcher except a guy named Joseph Odom, who's under 30 years old right now. Not a single one. Oh, and Chance Cisco from the Mets. Yeah. Who, who you've never heard of. Right. And, and the fact that Contreras is so athletic means that he can play other positions I mean, to not forget, he was a what a third baseman, right? He was a third baseman at one point. Who knows? Maybe he plays third base in the future for the Cubs. Why not? You got fucking Patrick Wisdom over there right now. But first base seems to be the place where you send the catchers. You get if you can get him on a five year deal, six year deal, he gets two more years of main catcher, maybe a year uh, splitting time, bringing Amaya up fourth year, you move him to, um, you you know, you move him over to first base or something like that. Like, I mean, there's just, there's more options with him than with a lot of other players. This team looks so bad on paper. Mark, he did one of those things where it was like, this is what the Cubs' 2022 opening day lineup looks like. And you're just like, oh, my God, that's so bad. 
It is so bad. Like I, God, you just can't who is producing TV? Who is producing okay. TV over there? I would if I was producing. I'm like, guys, we cannot do this as a as a lead in. Like, like uh, let, let's uh, let's play the 2016 World Series again until we figure out something else good to put on. I, but you know, and I agree, Crawley. You know, it's like the team looks bad. You have to put Wilson out there. And I think the other thing you have to do is you have to say to Wilson Contreras, here is a long-term deal. We like you. You're a cup for life. We need you to get better at this. We need you to get better at that. But we know the hitting is there. We need you to keep your legs in shape. We're going to get a decent backup for you. Uh, you know, who's an old catcher, a 35-year-old guy, like a Martin Maldonado or whatever like that. Somebody like that to, to spell you a little bit. We might even go three catchers and have Amaya come up and, and send you over to first base to play a few games, you know, and, and you know, Frank Schwindel be a pitch hitter. I don't know. But tell Wilson this is his team. He is the guy that would respond to that kind of information. You know, Wilson, this. I am 100% with you. Oh, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm with you, Danny. I was, I was supporting you. Keep going. No, I mean, that's uh, all I'm saying is like, he's always wanted to be, I know the players he looks up to, like somebody like Yadier Molina, who like, the, you know, he probably got Mike Schilt fired. You know what I mean? Because he runs the team, you know, and I think Wilson aspires to be in that kind of guy, you know, who is, you know, can motivate the team. I mean, he came out in the middle of the year and he said, listen, uh, these guys aren't working very hard. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't know who that was pointed at, uh, you know. There's a lot of speculation that, you know, it was like Rizzo or Bryant or, you know, the Javi maybe even, I don't know. Or it seemed like there was a rift, you know, between maybe the Latin Cubs and the, and the, the, the uh, travel ball guys, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, it's, it seemed that way anyway, if I, you know, just in the soap opera of it all. But, uh, you know, I, I really do feel like if you gave this team to Wilson, you said, this is yours, you're 30 years old, you bit, you've won a championship, uh, you know, this, we're trusting you with the future. We're not going to make you sit on the bubble like Rizzo and Brian and Javi all had to do all year. We're going to let you have this team and we're going to, and we're going to see, we're going to build around you into the future. Here's a five year deal. Here's a six year deal. You know, I don't know what you got to do to get them. Um, I, I don't know. I think that would be smart, the, you know, but at the same time, I don't think they like how he handles the staff. So I don't know. What do you think, Crawley? You haven't checked. You know, he, I, yeah, I did. I said that I think he can play uh, first base. I think he can play, he can DH, which I think is coming. Uh, as far as handling the pitching staff, what pitching staff do you really have right now, to be honest? Like, wh- who, are you, who are you concerned that he's not going to handle the pitchers well? I mean, uh, you don't have a pitching staff. Well, I think I think that's I think that's partly <laughs> it. I mean, you don't have a pitching staff, so what you need is somebody that can train a pitching staff. So somebody that you can get on the page with the pitching staff and grow, and you lead the pitching staff into success. And I don't know that they trust him with that job. That's kind of what I'm. Right, but who 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 is that guy? You just said that there's nobody on the free agent market. Who's the guy that's going to do that? Oh, there's people. There's people. They're just all old. You know, that they're just, they'd all be stopgap guys. Like, if you want to get, like, another coach, like, that guy exists. Like, you know, uh, you know, get Robinson Chirinos. He's 38 years old. You know, get, uh, yeah. get but, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, San Francisco. As you're, as, as you're, as you're everyday. Posey. Are you telling me that you're, you're not going to give Buster Posey and you're not going to get, and are you telling me Mar, uh, Martin Maldonado or somebody like that's your everyday catcher? 
No, no, I, I'm not saying that at all. Like you got Kurt. Kurt no, as, yeah, as you a get, backup, you get two guys, and, you platoon it. You get Austin Romine and Kurt Suzuki. I don't know. Like, yeah, you know, I'm looking. T- Tucker Barnhart is is I'm thirty just, years I'm just old. Asking, the team you, option. I mean, like, if you if you really listen to this, does this sound really great to anybody? I, no, no. I, I, I'm saying what I said they should do is get Wilson for and say this is your team. We need viewers of our new TV network. They love the fans. Love you. Uh, we're building around you. Uh, you, you, he's, he's had a little bit of drop off in, uh, in, um, you know, production this year, but I, I, I think that we've, we know the hitting will always be there for him. He's always hit. Didn't he hit? He hit the first in his first at bat. He hit a home run. He's always hit, you know? So it's like, you know, I, yeah. I can see a situation where like he ages well with the team. I just don't know that the nerds, in the front office, believe it. And, and Danny, haven't we been saying for years that what Wilson really needs is an older catcher to work with him, just be his buddy, be the other catcher, uh, you know, and just have somebody there for him to lean on. Like we've talked about that a bunch and, They've never gone that way. Ever since the heyday of the three-catcher system that was obviously fucking brilliant and made the Cubs the winners that they are, uh, you know, they've gone away from that. And it's just they had, they had other catchers, with younger they had, guys. They've had, they had catchers, too, with older guys in, in 17 and 18. Uh, I can't – God, my, the names – who's the guy? They didn't have three catchers. You want three, you want three <laughs> catchers now. I mean, like, this is just – Avalon. No, not now. We've wanted three catchers the entire time. Carly obviously didn't listen to this show prior to I'm him being say- on. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm just saying at this point, yes, you know, you can have, I guess, nine catchers if you want on the team at this point. Um, I'm just telling you that if you're saying to Wilson, you're the guy, but we need two catchers for you to lean on, the fuck? The guy's not 10. Well, he's, not, he's not a rookie. I get that yeah, when he was the, first coming up. At this I would point, say – I would say let Wilson, like, this should be part of giving him the team. You pick your backup catchers. You pick up, you pick who we have back there. Like, who do you want? You know, do you want Martin Maldonado at age? Do you get along with him? You guys going to handle the staff together? Like, get him somebody he can work with because there's going to be another catcher. There's got to be another catcher. And right now, I'm looking in, in, in the team, on the team. You have Amaya, who, I mean, he's going to take a second. Second, you still have Chirinos, I guess. He's on the 40, man. Um, you, you, you understand, though, again, with this great idea of bringing in old backup catchers, that very, at any moment they're ready to break down completely. Oh, absolutely. You gave the World Series uh, jersey to one of them, the guy that broke down right after you gave him the jersey. Right. It, it doesn't take long for that to happen. I mean, and the ring. So, and and so I, I am concerned that no, I don't want Wilson picking out his backup catcher. I want Wilson to do his fucking job, which is catch the catch the guys, make sure that he's hitting, and then as he old, as he ages, kind of kind of move him around a little bit, like the Giants did with Buster Posey. But but letting him pick his backup catcher, no, that's 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 it, no, this is just wrong, man. This is just like I feel like we're grasping at straws here. We're absolutely grasping at straws here. There's no doubt about that. I'm just saying, like, is <laughs> Crowley, have you not been watching this team? We're all yeah. grasping at straws. 
what, what, uh, what I'm saying is like, do they, Wilson is the, would be the longest 10, uh, besides Jay Hay, uh, the, like the longest tenured position player on the Cubs at the, unless they would move on from him. The moment they move on from him, they've signaled a whole new beginning. And then there, there's just no one left but Kyle, really, you know, from that part, from, you know, the 2016 team, which I don't think we need to hold on to forever. But, you know, I, I guess the, the speculation that I'm having, Wilson Contreras is not involved in as many trade um, articles as Chris Bryant and well, the, like the core was before, you know, this last year when it was just all like, who's going to get traded, who's going to go. Um, we haven't heard that as much about um, Wilson and it, which means that maybe there's not a lot of other teams being like, Oh, we should trade for Wilson Contreras is one year, you know, like, I don't, I, I mean, is this like a trade deadline situation, you know, or, I just don't think they should go into the year without locking him up. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 something. You need something. You you cannot put what it's all. It's embarrassing enough what they're planning on putting on, on this field to be to you know twenty twenty two. The, the last two months, and they were looking at how bad the numbers were in that athletic article by John Greenberg. How with no restrictions and everything the numbers were hitting like 25,000 and that was paid attendance, not people. I really hate that shit. It should be turnstiles. You get what I'm saying? You, you shouldn't be able to put the, you know, like the Cardinals, we got a sold out stadium and three quarter bits empty. No, I would love to see what the numbers were for actual butts in the seats in the month of September. And you cannot and, put worse than that out. Yeah, no, you can't. And then we didn't even talk about the starting pitching. Like you can put together a bullpen, well, but I mean, what do we even have there? We that, don't. You have Kyle Hendricks and starting uh, pitching is its own whole hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but uh, well, all you have to say is all we have is one guy. For for sure, you know, and that guy and that guy is coming it, off the worst season of his career, and at best, at best, at best in his career, at his very peak, he was a good number two pitcher. Yeah. Right. Not a great, a good number two pitcher. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's nothing special about any of the pitching that they brought up. It all kind of slots in as as average finesse kind of stuff. But, I mean, that's the pitch. John Vasky says they all throw BP speed. Yeah, they do. And it's like... Yeah, you're right. That that's its own hour, and uh, you know it's 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 not worth getting into right now. But uh, good good suggestion, uh, Bernie, uh, to say, hey, let's just talk about the Cubs lineup. Um, what's going on in the World Series right now? Uh, Houston's leading five two. Last I saw. Oh, five two now. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to watch. I, I, in fact, yeah. I, I just, uh, I listened to the Spanish language broadcast last night. <laughs> yeah. Just, well, I was doing um, laundry. I was just like, Hey, I want to hear a, I want to hear a ball game in the background. I'll practice Spanish at the same time. I'll listen to these guys. They're hilarious. The, the Atlanta brave Spanish crew. They, uh, they break out in a song every now and again. It's, it's absolutely awesome. The guy and, and like, not just, uh, you know, songs that people know in Spanish, but he'll break into a song in English 
after somebody said something that reminded him of that song in Spanish. You know, like it's wonderful. It's a good <laughs> broadcast, even if you don't know Spanish, just yeah. listen. It's it's nice to hear. About I had it. to. I, I was looking around for for workarounds, and I found a Ukrainian broadcast. Oh. Uh, I, yeah, I don't I don't understand it at all, but you know, it's fun. Did it did it sound did it sound angry? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, because I'm an idiot, like, as soon as I didn't hear English, I just assumed it was Spanish. And then I'm just fucking sitting there for a little bit. I'm like, wait a second. This isn't Spanish at all. Like, what the hell is going on here? And then it took me a little while, and I figured out it was Ukrainian. Yeah, but they're clearly nowhere near the game. That's the one thing that you can really tell. Like, they sound like they're alone in the – when they talk – there's no sound on the screen. And then when they stop talking, there's sound on the screen. You know what I mean? Like the crowd sounds? Yep. Well, uh, there's an hour. There's another hour of Cubs talk for us. Um, that'll teach you. That'll teach you to, <laughs> to have an off season. <laughs> um, so, all right, well, well, we'll do it again next week. I guess we'll be back to Thursdays. Yep. Uh, so. Yep, that's the normal day. Uh Thank you all for following us on Wednesday. Yeah, thank you, Alyssa, Joe, Patrick, Bernie, Artie, and John. It was uh, great to have you with us. And um, if uh, you tried to talk in this, uh, I'm not getting a message request or request to speak, so sorry about that. Yeah, let us us know if you're having troubles uh, through Twitter or Facebook or Reddit or whatever it is that you use. Let us know if you're having troubles. So that we are aware of it and we can maybe ask somebody about it. But right now we can't tell if anybody's trying to get in or not. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks, everybody. And uh, Spagog, and I'll talk to you soon. Spagog. Yeah. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.